Welcome back to the Fast Travel Lounge. Pull up a chair, pour yourself a drink, grab yourself some snacks, and enjoy listening to us talk, laugh, and argue through all the latest in gaming and pop culture news. We've made it to episode three. Uh, keen listeners among you will notice that episode one was two hours and episode two was three hours, but don't worry. We unionized, demanded better working conditions from ourselves, and we have no obligations to make this four hours. Uh, I am Patrick. I'm once again joined by Seth, Steve, and Josh. Uh, just want to do a quick plug for the socials. Uh, we have Twitter at Fast Travel Lounge uh, minus one L. I still don't know where that L went, uh, whether it's the back of travel or the start of lounge. Uh, but we are on Twitter, and we're also on Facebook at Fast Travel Lounge, but without the missing L. You know, Patrick, we have uh, we do have that uh, Twitter written down, but at this point, I just refuse to tell you which one it is. <laughs> Well, maybe the listeners out there can figure it out and tell me in due time. Uh, we'll just do a quick round the lounge first, try to get a taste of what we have in store for this hopefully much shorter episode. Uh, I'll start. I have not been playing Halo Infinite like everyone else has, but I finally finished Big Mouth Season 5, which will be a 30-second discussion point because, spoiler, it's basically like every other Big Mouth season. Um, I started playing a bit of Road 96, though, which would be interesting getting into that a little bit. And I've still been playing Forza Horizon 5. Uh, what about you, Seth? What have you been up to? Yeah, so uh, after last week of getting through three quarters of Jackex, I actually went and finished the game, and I've been playing Halo Infinite since it came out. Excellent. This will probably be the Halo Infinite episode, which I'm sure our one lovely listener out there will absolutely adore. Steve, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to get really into Age of Empires 4, and of course, spending an infinite amount of time in Halo Infinite. Wow. Cool. Anyway, I just had to leave that silence in there. We'll probably add some crickets in post. And Josh, what about you? Yeah, I mean, like everyone else, I've been obviously playing Halo Infinite since release, but uh, I've spent the vast majority of my time playing Skyrim because Todd Howard suckered me in again. So we can discuss that a little bit later. Yeah, well, I mean, why not now, even? Uh, tell us about <laughs> Skyrim. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, we'll discuss it now. So um, Skyrim, obviously it has been released for, God knows, the upteenth time. Um, this time they've basically re-released the special edition and basically charged people for DLC that was in the Creation Club that you could already pe previously buy for the most part. I don't have the exact numbers off the top of my head, but about two-thirds of the stuff they added in was actually new. It wasn't a previous mod, so there's some props there. Um, I've been playing the Steam version, which was a $30 upgrade. Um, I know that the console edition for the, at least PlayStation had an upgrade path as well that you could take. I'm not too sure about Xbox, but I imagine it would be, um, if not Game Pass. Is there a way to is there a way to even buy it new? Like, are they are they just assuming that everyone has Skyrim and they will therefore just upgrade at some point, or can you actually buy the anniversary edition like without owning a previous copy? So you can buy the anniversary edition uh, if you don't have the special edition. So uh, if you just had the the base Skyrim game that wasn't like the remaster sort of fix up thing they did a couple of years back, uh, you 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 basically have to buy the anniversary edition. If you already have the special edition, you have the upgrade path through the DLC, which is, yeah, the, the 30 bucks Australian, rather than, like, the 80-odd dollars for the full anniversary edition. See, at this point, I don't even know which version I have, but how have you been finding it now that it's in its, I guess, 10th, 10th year? Uh, I remember back when it came out, it was all my friends played, and it seems like some of them, yourself included, are still playing them ever since. But how, how have you found this edition compared to previous ones? I mean, 
honestly, the first time you load it up, all you really notice that's different is that the silver icon in the main screen is now gold, like the Imperial icon. So that, that was like, oh, look, they changed something. It's new. <laughs> and then you start loading the game and straight off the bat, you get a few new things. Um, well, after you leave the cart and escape Helgen, you get prompted for a few things. Like if you want to turn survival mode on and stuff, which is like, you can't fast travel. You have to eat to stay alive and you have to sleep. And if you're in the cold for too long, then you'll take um, like damage and stuff like that. So th there's that game mode straight off the bat you get offered, as well as like a whole bunch of random quests and new spells, new weapons. Really everywhere I kind of went, I managed to find something new almost immediately. So honestly, I'm finding it pretty good. Is it actually is it actually new content or is it just kind of packaged up with popular community mods or other ways that you'd otherwise get this content on a previous version? They've just decided that they'd save you the step of downloading and managing it. So for the most part, it is new content. Um, I, like I was saying, I don't have the numbers of what um, what mods are new and which ones aren't, but I think it was like 20 odd uh, uh, previous existing, previously released via Creation Club mods. Uh, and then I think 40 something were brand new that hadn't been implemented in Creation Club yet. So a oh, lot of it is brand new. Some of it is, um, I, I guess, older that you could say. So uh, I think fishing and stuff was one of the ones that was a bit older. I'd never touched any of the Creation Club content before because I just didn't really use the, the, the payment system that they that Bethesda built for, for mods. I always just went to like Nexus mod or something. So all of these mods are really new to me. But uh, I think my favorite thing about them so far is that rather than mods on Nexus mod where you're really kind of overhauling something, all of these just add to the experience. So there's a few things that just add new spells that are just going to be a little bit more balanced and a bit more useful um, or new weapons for different types of um, of combat. So some of them don't have like soul charge depletion, stuff like that. Um, some of them tie in like the, the weapon that I found that I still use as my main hand was actually part of the Thieves Guild quest line. Basically, as you walk up in there, you, you find like this random quest in this like vault basically in the underground area where you go to the Thieves Guild. And there was a whole quest line for that. Um, they added fishing, which is apparently you end up with like trebuchets trying to take down a kraken or something and giant ghost crabs. There's a whole bunch of various cool things. Uh, probably not worth spoiling, probably not worth digging too far into, but um, I guess the last thing that I really want to say about it is that it is it did break uh, SKSE, which is the Skyrim script extender mod, as well as Sky UI. So if you are relying on previous mods to play Skyrim, you'll probably have to wait for those to be upgraded to support this new version. Um, otherwise, if you like Skyrim, and you know, who doesn't except for Seth because he has bad taste, then no, you know, that, you'll that like this. Pretty bad. <laughs> no. <laughs> RPG okay, of yeah, the decade, fair, but... fair, bad, bad is an overstatement. I just found it very boring. Yeah, I mean, it can be boring, but. Uh, I, th I think it was definitely make your own fun. You make your own fun in that game. You do like obviously you run around the map and just explore things as they pop up. So it's just that's the kind of stuff I like. And who doesn't love like a semi-medieval setting with dragons? So more, more, most importantly, Josh, how many achievements did they add? Oh, I don't think they actually added any achievements, but I haven't checked. Oh, thanks. Right, money saved. <laughs> <laughs> Still at a hundred percent. I mean, I don't Dog think they game, have... put it in the trash. Wow. So is is that is is that is that hatred coming from a place of you're just like a, a superior like Daggerfall fan, or were you just not a fan of the Elder Scrolls series at all? He doesn't like fun. <laughs> no, um, see, I just uh, I just didn't really enjoy the uh, combat of the game, and when like half the okay, so the majority of the game is exploring, but when the other like major factor is the combat of the game, and I don't find that fun, it just didn't really engage me in a way that I would have liked. 
So I just left it after a few hours, like 10 yeah, hours. Yeah, so, 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 so that's what I mean. Like, you, you say that this one isn't to your taste, but did you prefer previous Elder Scrolls titles? Or, like, other Elder Scrolls oh, titles? Oh, no, Skyrim is the only a, one I ever fan? tried. Ah, uh, okay, cool. Mm. You gotta get into Morrowind. Morrowind I did is like fantastic. Fallout New Vegas, though. <laughs> wow. Bad taste all around. That's, that New Vegas was okay. That's, that's Skyrim with guns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you want to play Skyrim with guns, you just use a bow. <laughs> Stealth, stealth, stealth pistol holder, right? Yeah, I mean, look, they added new spells, they added new swords, both of which I've been trying my absolute hardest to use uh, because I don't want to fall into it and get another stealth archer playthrough. But there's been like several sections where actually the DLC is like genuinely hard sometimes. Um, like there's a whole bunch of new houses and stuff that were added, and some of those quests you sort of fight enemies that the rest of the world would usually scale up with you. So as you do like random encounters, you find like gargoyles and master vampires and stuff. Some of these DLC quests that you get given, you're fighting those a lot uh, late stage game uh, enemies rather in very early in the game, which didn't really scale too well. <laughs> so I ended up basically just cheesing them with a the stealth archer thing just so I could get the house so I had a house. <laughs> but there was a whole bunch of various examples like that as well. I think stumbling into some of those creation club quests were very much meant for hey i've finished the game what mods can i put in to further my experience in the game and they've just packaged it as a whole into this so maybe they need to tweak the balance a little bit like i've been playing on the second hardest difficulty and to beat one very specific fight i had to turn it down to the absolute easiest and use all of my potions <laughs> so it was uh i think it could use a bit of balance tweaking but otherwise no it's, it's been very 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 good Highly recommend. Cool. Well, moving from one exploratory walking simulator to another, uh, I will slip in and talk about how I picked up Road 96 uh, for the next few minutes, just because it's uh, the, the first new game that I've played in a few weeks at this point. Uh, Road 96, uh, I actually don't remember who it's published by. Uh, I'm pretty sure indie-ish, definitely not like a large publishing group. Um, it's very... Like life is strangey, telltale gamesy. Uh, got it for thirty bucks, New Zealand. Uh, so translate that into whatever currency. Although I think Josh and I were discussing this uh, before, and it's thirty bucks Australian as well, which means that Australians are absolutely getting scammed out of this. I've got no idea what the US dollar price on it is, but I found that pretty funny. Wait, you're trying to say that it's like overpriced then? No, no, no. What I mean is like because the Kiwi dollar is is typically weaker. The fact that it's the same in both Australian and New Zealand dollars means it's it's cheaper for me. So so I should get a New Zealand NordVPN <laughs> and then use and then change the Steam account. You absolutely could, although it would also be ExpressVPN depending on which sponsor reaches out to us first. So I've got to keep your <laughs> options open there, Steve. It's a race. Come on, surf please, DMs are open. <laughs> yeah. So just just throwing in here quickly, it is yeah twenty nine ninety six on the Australian Steam Store and published by Digi X Art. Um, as well as someone called Raven's Court. Sweet. Those, those those names mean absolutely nothing to me, but cool. So, um, Road 96, it's interesting. I, I'm, I was a big fan of Life is Strange 1 and Before the Storm. I have and have been playing little bits of Life is Strange 2, but it didn't grab me in the same way. And I also only played a couple of the Telltale games, but I've heard people drawing comparisons between those. But it's interesting. It's, it's a game that for 30 bucks, I... I think it's probably worth its price at 30 bucks. I think it's towards the... Um, I'd certainly suggest picking it up if it was less than 30. Uh, and I certainly wouldn't suggest picking it up if it was more. So it's, it's really on the, the fine line of, of price point. But the things that I like about it, the soundtrack is godly. I am I'm amazed at how good the soundtrack is. It's very... Uh, 
sort of synth heavy uh trying to think maybe, maybe uh josh is a better way of describing because we were discussing this before the show but i would have said more kind of 80s synth but uh is there any kind of genre or words that you could put to it that maybe would explain it a bit better josh i mean i would say very 80s 90s synth as well uh very synth pop um but synth pop without lyrics basically i i don't really have an exact genre for it either it's just very chill and very like open sound stage expansive kind of uh just background noise which is just really great um the 80s soundtrack uh, i think definitely makes sense but the game it's, it's like for some reason describes it as 90s i'm guessing because it's set in the 90s but yeah it is yeah so I'll, I'll discuss the game a little bit. Um, I, so I should have said that at, at the start, um, I think the highest point of it is its soundtrack and uh, basically you um, how you interact with the soundtrack. Uh, what I mean by that is that uh, the game itself, it's kind of hard to describe. It's, um, you're, it's set up so that you're, you're in a nation, you're, you're a teenager trying to run away to the border in the, the fake nation of um, Petria. And you're trying to escape a tyrannical leader, and the whole thing is that you're trying to to journey to cross the border, and so it will just randomly start you. Uh, there's usually a choice of like three uh, people that are just kind of faceless, personalityless shells that that you can uh, inhabit for a uh, what I've deemed a playthrough. Um, I say I deem it a playthrough because the overall structure of it is that. Uh, in a certain number of days, a big finale event's going to happen. And they made that really clear from the outset. There's this big thing that's going to happen. Um, it's an election, because I don't think that's a spoiler. Uh, it's an election that's going to happen in a certain number of days down in the future. But to get there, it seems like you can take a character and get them to the border a, a number of times. I don't actually know how many times. Uh, I, I think, based on how I've been going at the moment, because I'm up to play through four uh, and I've still got quite a bit of time to the election. I think I could probably get through at least 10 uh, before the election. But uh, it has it has a few issues. Um, it, uh, well, I should say it does a few, it, it does some things really well and it does some things uh, I, I think um, not great. One of the points that it, it uh, sort of tries to sell you on is that the way that you as the personality-less teenager get to the border is by going through what I've, what I've just sort of termed uh, a, a number of scenes where uh, the like the whole thing is that you're traveling, but you travel through these distinct uh, places. Some of these will be more story driven. Some of these will be more gameplay driven. Usually, they involve meeting or interacting with uh, someone on a list of rotating characters. There's about seven characters that that uh, come around quite a bit, uh, and I don't actually know how many scenes there are because it depends on how far away from the border you start. But they're very discrete packets of story. But the problem is that they, they did this in a proc gen way, like a procedurally generated way. So you starting from the same place and getting to this and getting to the same place might take very different parts. But it also tries to sell you that it's a game that's very narrative and story driven and very telltale like and very life is strange like. But it doesn't work so well when the starting and end point have already been determined and it feels like if the developers had just chosen for you, hey, if you if you you know pick option A, then you go here. If you pick option B, you go here, and then that for the number of playthroughs until the finale, it feels like it would be a better crafted experience than the the randomness. Like it feels like the randomness doesn't really add anything to the gameplay, which is a bit disappointing. Um, the soundtrack, uh, as I say, is super cool, and the soundtrack is uh, very distinctive. Like each of the characters has like a theme that that's quite. Uh, like you almost hear what character you're going to be interacting with before you see them because the very distinctive themes. 
um the characters themselves are distinctive but almost to the point where they're annoyingly distinctive there's very few kind of uh average joe characters which kind of serve as a nice stabilization point because you as as the player you don't have a personality that interacts with anything you just choose dialogue options with how you interact with the characters but you've got like the bumbling uh bumbling burglar characters the very very obvious villain because his theme song is i am the villain uh <laughs> theme uh and so like that's very distinctive you've got the like runaway teen with like the country music theme but you just you don't really have anyone that you just <laughs> you don't really have anyone that you just chat to and you're like so how's your day bad yeah mine's also been bad let's just sit in silence and, and travel for a bit it's always like let's just try and squeeze a bit of exposition out of these people which again i think is just because it relies on the the proc gen side of it a bit too heavily um there was something else i was going to say to that uh the art style of it i also quite like it it's very um uh trying to think of the right word i mean i would describe it as very sea of thieves mixed with like fortnite yeah like it's it's fine it doesn't do anything graphically amazingly but it doesn't look bad it looks quite good and because it's a, a traveling simulator in some ways the biomes that you travel through are quite distinctive because of the the color palettes involved and the the kind of like low poly-esque sort of look and then the volumetrics and things layered on top of it like it's it's not that distinctive but it's not bad looking so i i think that works to its advantage but yeah the the issues with it I, I discussed the proc gen but i think the the other issue is that this big finale that it's trying to sell you on um the whole thing is that through these playthroughs you're supposed to make choices like uh you know the paragon renegade options of of you know bioware games or i guess mass effect specifically i'm thinking of but the the good and evil choices of life is strange all that kind of stuff it feels like they've tried to just put it in there to say that it's in there and i'm sure it's going to come back in the finale but for each playthrough that you go through it doesn't feel like your choices have any waiting at all which is kind of disappointing because you're, you're spending you know five to ten minutes in each of these scenes and you're having these character moments and things and then it's just like oh pick between these two choices and whichever one you pick it just doesn't feel like it matters <laughs> and i'm sure it will you know down the line but at the time like i i know that the character i know that the choices do matter because you can get into tense moments and the the team that uh i was guiding to the border through playthrough two I thought, I wonder what happens if I pick all the wrong choices and the team died. So, I mean, they they definitely don't expect you to get it right the whole time. But the the weight of the fact that I've lost a, a team getting to the border, I don't even know what that, like, whether that matters in the finale. I've got no idea what the implications of these choices are. And it feels like it's going to do this big, big reveal at the end where it's like, aha, here are all the choices that you made. And here is this super specific ending because you, you chose all of these things. But I... I don't think it's going to do that and it just sort of it's setting itself up for me to be just at least slightly disappointed when I do get to the finale. I do intend to get to the finale. It's it's an interesting game, but it's not it hasn't like I haven't been able to just sink my teeth into it the in the same way as other kind of multiplayer games. Like I get to the end of a playthrough it's kind of like cool. I don't feel super obligated to start again because uh again it's it's the sort of element of randomness that I just don't have a stable point with which to know what i'm expecting out of the next playthrough so yeah a bit of a mixed bag um i i think the people that enjoy the the narrative story driven games would like it more but i don't know if i'd go and actually recommend it to people i think it's one of those if you think it looks interesting pick it up while it's on sale particularly on steam i'm sure there'll be a sale coming up you know um probably a bit late for black friday but christmas i'm sure they'll 
put it on sale at some point, but the soundtrack, oh, the soundtrack outside of the game, just listening to the soundtrack is so good. Um, yeah, you can find the soundtrack on like Spotify, just Road 96, uh, OST, some of the songs on there, particularly the, the sort of synth ones. Fantastic. Uh, that's pretty much all I had to say about Road 96. Actually, no, I'll, I'll cut in. Um, is it, is it explained why it's called like Road 96 and not Road 69? Because that just seems like it would be infinitely more funny. You mean why, why, why is it just a not nice game compared to what could have been a nice game? Yeah. Good question. Why didn't it use the sex number? <laughs> I mean, if it's based in the 90s, it's probably 1996, I am guessing. Um, funnily enough, it is based in the 90s, but uh, 96 kind of has multiple meanings. I'm pretty sure the election that is the big finale is the election of the country in 1996, but it's also just that the final road that you get to where um, where you would cross the border, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it is road 96. Uh, there's probably some, there's like someone out there that's listening that's screaming at the computer going, no, he got it wrong. He doesn't know what the number is. I've uh, only made it to the border th uh, twice. Yeah, because I'm up to play through four now. So road 96, it's mentioned in there, but I, I think it's more just kind of a consequence of, of, of the setting. I don't think it actually has any bearing. It could be road 82 <laughs> or any other number of them. If they do a sequel and they don't call it road 97, then something's definitely up. So um, the way you've described the game, it sounds like the developers really tried to uh, get this mix between uh, Telltale's uh, type of storytelling games, but also a bit of Journey, where, like, because you said uh, it has a definitive start and end point, uh, Journey was a sort of similar game where um, your start and ends uh, were predetermined, but it was a journey you made along the way that mattered sort of thing. So um, it sounds like they kind of tried to do a blend between those but would you say it was successful or not really i i think uh like if if you had just given me a list of everything that they have in this game and said we're going to make a game and it's going to have procedural generation it's going to have narrative storytelling it's going to have like choice-based gameplay uh you're going to walk around and meet a bunch of like super distinctive characters and it's going to have a slapping soundtrack i i would have said like i'm, I'm in like i'm sounds good but the problem is that's such a weird mix of everything that like I can't think of a game that does all of those uh, and and gets away with it and is a super good game. I can think of games that do parts of what it does, but better. Like the the, the story driven, the, like the narrative side of it with the choices, I think Life is Strange does better. I don't think Row 96 does, does worse, but the problem is you play through it and you think, oh man, this reminds me of an aspect of another game that you just liked more. So I don't think... I... I I think they are almost successful with it, but I think the bigger problem is that because they are almost successful with it, you just kind of jump the gap to thinking of a game that was successful with it. And that's kind of where it falls down a little bit. Ah, oh, that's such a shame, actually. Like, that, just just the way you end that off of, like, it's it feels like something else has done it better, and it's just kind of meddling is, like, such a bad place for a game to land. Yeah, and, it, and it's annoying because, like, I... I want to like the game, and I've liked the game more. Like, the first playthrough I did, I didn't understand it. I approached it in the wrong way, and the game doesn't do a great job of explaining. Like, it's one of those, it just kind of throws you into the deep end, and it expects that the story exposition will just kind of carry you through it and get you up to speed. But it doesn't make that clear. And then you get to the end of a playthrough, and you're like, oh, did I win? And then and then it says, like, aha, but surprise, you know, you've made one teen escape the country but now you need to do it again because we have this big election coming up and it just 
it's so much setup <laughs> it's just like oh it's it's so close like if they just i i think i think the biggest thing is that if they just if they'd removed the procedure generation and they just handcrafted the pathways that they expect players to take for at least the first few playthroughs just to ease you into it i think it would have been just a, a sweet spot for it because the bits that it gets right are really cool like the the bumbling burglar characters just as an example that that the came up before um they like i i arrived into like a discrete piece of of the the playthrough which i again i just call a scene i've got no idea if there's a better word for it um i arrive on the scene and these two bumbling burglars are trying to break into like uh like a cab um like a taxi uh we don't really have them anymore with uber and things but like we're like like a bus depot basically but for taxis yeah, taxi ring. Um, yeah that kind of thing uh with like the offices and stuff and so uh here I was thinking, I've just got no idea what this interaction is going to be like because I'm, um, because I'm trying to uh, just get to the border. I don't really uh, like. I I don't know what could happen here that would make it better or worse to get to the border. Uh, and that whole scene plays out as the 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 two burglars are just like, yo, you want to help us break into this uh, into this like bus depot, like this taxi rank, and you just sort of go along with it. You're like, okay, cool, and then you do it, and it's great. And then you just move to the next scene and it's kind of like, well, that was completely, that was so isolated that it doesn't feel like it had any bearing on the story. And I might come back later, who knows? But uh, yeah, I intend to play it. I'm sure I'll speak about it. I'm sure I'll speak about it again uh, in some future episode once I've finished it. But for now, it's just one of those such a close, but just just a little bit on the near miss side for me, games. Can we get like, uh, I mean, the Steam positives are, uh, sorry, the Steam reviews are very positive. Can we get like a rating out of 10? Uh, I'd give it a, I'd give it a six. Like it's, it's not, it's like just above average. And I think uh, for its price, if it was to go on sale, definitely, definitely worth looking at. But We're, we're doing yeah. normal people six and not game review six, right? Yeah, normal people, like, ju- like fi- just, five Just above is, average. Five is a yeah, passing fi- grade. Yeah, five five is like the I could take it or leave it. I'd say it's it's more on the take it than the take it or leave it side, but it's it's definitely not a game that I'd be actively recommending to people unless they already liked that sort of game. Yeah, that seems fair. But that's all I'll say about Road ninety six for now. Uh, shall we throw it to um, Seth? Let's talk about you finishing off Jack X. Right, sure. So um, yeah. So last time I talked about Jack X, I had done three quarters of the game. Uh, I finished off the last quarter, like, the day after we recorded. Uh, n- not that much more of a difficulty spike, honestly. It was pretty easy. Uh, the, the fun thing about the Final Cup is it just lets you use every vehicle from across the other classes. So, uh, the first cup is you get Class 1 cars. Uh, the second cup is Class 2 cars. Uh, third cup is Class 3. And then the fourth cup is just, hey, go go ham. You might have a car that's more upgraded in the other classes, so use those while you upgrade other things. But um, yeah, it wasn't too much longer. I finished it in like... It, it took me a total of like four or five hours to finish. And uh, the ending cutscene for that game is one of the most hilarious things. I absolutely love Jack because it's the most mid-2000s energy game series that I enjoy. <laughs> but um... To give context, uh, basically you have to you have to gun down a crime lo- crime boss at the very end after you get the uh, after you finish. Uh, once you gun him down, you, he has this like big villainous speech against Jack, and as Jack starts walking away, goes, "You have a habit of uh, letting people die, don't you?" 
and uh, Jack, without without batting an eye, just uh, keeps walking away and goes, you get used to it. And the moment he finishes that line, the villain's car just explodes on them. Wow. So, it's, so is it like a him walking away slowly as the, the explosion goes off time? <laughs> and he doesn't even look back. <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't even look back. He... he he uh yeah. As soon as he finishes the the one liner, the car blows up, and then cut next scene. Everyone celebrating. <laughs> so if if we have a very big mid two thousands energy scene, is there a big mid two thousands song that you would recommend that would go along with that scene? Uh, I don't know about that scene specifically, but the the game does uh have Queens of the Stone Age for its intro theme. Oh, uh, nice. They just they just straight up got the license to use Millionaire for their intro. Nice. So. Will the sequel to Jack X be Jack 2X? And it be like Final Fantasy Jack X-2? The sequel X to that. <laughs> the sequel to the, the, so the trilogy will be finishing in Jack's Triple X, which will only be released on adult platforms. Is that is that what's going on? Is that the play? making a Clank title joke for a Jack game. I don't approve. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I haven't played any of these games. It's all the same, isn't it? Uh, there's multiple directions they could they could go if the series wasn't dead. My my personal favorite would be it's Jack X, Jack X squared, and then Jack X cubed. I do like that one actually. Ah, oh, wow! All right. Do we have info on why so, it's actually called Jack X and not Jack like four? Uh because uh, because X is extreme and it's about combat racing. Oh, that's so cringe, but I'm here for it. That's, <laughs> that's so 2000s. That's mid-2000s right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's the same reason why um, at the, the fourth Ratchet and Clank game is like Ratchet Deadlocked. It's just Ratchet Gladiator. Of, yeah, Ratchet Gladiator over here. Ratchet Deadlocked in the, the US. Yeah. Maybe the sequel could be called like Jackass or something. <laughs> Man, <laughs> again with the Ratchet get the full and Clank energy. You're just upsetting me with these because the series isn't coming back anytime soon, if at all. <laughs> It's dead. Just well, so know, like, dog making what, what was the sales data? What was the sales data like? If it sold well, surely they'll bring it uh, back. Jack Jack sold multi millions every every game. Like um, they they were uh, financially successful. It's just that Naughty Dog is in such a different direction at the moment that they they regularly say they'd love to go back to Jack, but it's just not in the cards at the moment because they're off making the new Uncharted's and the Last of Us's and just being the big juggernaut of the industry when it comes to storytelling games kind of sadly Me and the other two playstation vita owners out there will know that they re-released jack uh one through three uh for vita and i assume other lesser consoles as well but uh, ps3 uh, they're also yeah other, <laughs> other lesser consoles like that's yeah. what i said um but yeah i i don't think that they put jack x onto the vita which is a shame they did not it's on um if it's on ps4 through the playstation 2 classics they did all of the yeah. jack games on there and that's how i've been playing them but yeah, uh, that's that's about all I got to add for Jack X. It's it's a fantastic game. I'm doubling down on it's my favorite racing game. And if if by some miracle people see it on Steam, what rating would you give it out of ten? Uh, at ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Can we say uh, an would, X would, out you, of would 10? you say yeah? Damn yeah. it! <laughs> <laughs> got him. I, I'm sorry, I missed uh, that. Uh, well, Josh. You, you won. You get you get the reward of <laughs> saying the joke again and hoping it doesn't die. I said, would you give it an X out of ten? Oh god damn it! Yes. <laughs> Dabs. Uh. <laughs> Thanks for making me repeating myself to make it sound like a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the Which sequel is the to sequel, Jack yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it comes full circle. Thank you for that, Seth. Steve. What have you been playing that isn't Halo Infinite? Because I'm sure we'll get to that discussion soon. 
Um, yeah, so I've got um, to Age of Empires, which released a couple of weeks ago, Age of Empires 4, the newest release, um, through the magical wonders of Game Pass and playing it on my laptop. Um, how do I put this in a way that doesn't like sort of push the game down? It's sort of in a way very much the same. Like it, it, it's essentially the same game. Like it's Age of Empires has a great formula. It's pretty good. Uh, why, why redo a circle if it's already a circle and it goes pretty fast? It does look pretty good, even on I'm running it on my laptop, and even on the lower settings, the the fan is pretty loud, but it still looks pretty good. Like it's probably a very bad um, like metric to ju- to judge it if I'm playing it on low, but it still runs fine. I haven't had any crashes or anything. It plays really well like it feels very responsive and all that kind of thing i've been getting really into the story mode so the story mode's a little bit different to what it was in your age empires two and three like it does follow like the different uh the the different civilizations but it tells it in a sort of documentary way so for example with the anglo-saxons it starts off with i think it's like the the 1100s and it goes for about 300 and 400 years and it follows them through and between each campaign you've got uh, a documentary sort of overlay like a there's a voice talking and there's pretty much a a video playing of like the, the scene of the fight of where it was like what it looks like now like if it's a city or if it's just literally a field there and the nice little documentary is pretty much like oh yeah this is where they fought um, they fought because of this reason, and it looks really good. So it it does. So I haven't actually played it yet, um, sadly. I, I need to pick it up, but I just haven't had time. Um, does it? It sounds like it's going through real world events. Does it actually have a like coherent? You know, this is what happened in history throughout the campaign. Yes. Oh, that's yes. Cool. Yeah. So it's pretty much like a some kings come through. He's fighting France yet again, um, and then he eventually beats France by crossing the river, going to Normandy, kicking them out. He has two sons. Um, and the king dies, and it's like, no, I promised it to the other one. I promise. All right, we're at war. Okay, so that's um, literally it, history then. <laughs> yeah, it's essentially what it is. Uh, I have a question. Is Age of Empires the game where Gandhi can become so pure that he ends no, up becoming that's 100% civilization. corrupted? Oh, no. damn. Okay. <laughs> no, that's civilization. That's civilization. Okay. Yeah. So that, well, very, very much, sort of, not really in the same vein, but still sort of historically accurate, depending on which side of history you're looking at. But there's only eight uh, civilizations you can pretty much pick from in Age of Empires, which is sort of a bit underwhelming consider- considering with like um, Age of Empires 2 and Age of Empires 3, there was like significant amount. And I think by the end of the DLC, Age of Empires 2 had more than like 25 or something or 30. It was quite but a lot, each, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a significant amount. But at the same time, look at the age of Age of Empires 2 versus what... Um, Do they have plans for, for DLC for 4 to start boosting those numbers? Yeah, from from what I understand, they do. They haven't really announced anything yet, but they pretty much have just said, "Oh yeah, more's coming." Um, what that looks like, who really knows? Yeah. Will it just be sort of a a completely unique skin over something, over a camp, over a campaign, or a over a civilization that already exists? But it's sort of good to play with the different civilizations because they play very differently. Or alternatively, like it could it, be like, uh, was it Age of Empire? Was it also Age of Empires that got? No, it might have been Age of Mythology 
that got DLC like ten years after no, it no, released. That was Age of Empires two. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was Age of Empires two. Oh, yeah. Okay, when they it was brought, Age of Empires. Yeah. Yeah. Because they brought out their definitive edition um, of that, and it was like, well, to celebrate this, have more DLC. That's right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 It was. Yeah. Because I got into Age of Empires two last year during lockdown. It's it holds off fantastically, and maybe because I came at it from that point of view didn't really feel like age of empires 4 had changed too much like they, they've done some balance tweaking and it's no longer that uh triangle of spears beating horses horses beating archers archers beating spears is a bit more technique to it and what you can do so that's in respect to that that's sort of changed but it's a tried and tested formula it works great i really enjoy it it plays fantastically it's I, I saw someone online saying it's pretty much like returning home to an old friend that's changed his clothes. Like it's still the same thing, just with a fancy new coat of paint. It's if you're really into RTSs, go ahead and play it. Even if you're not into RTSs, I can still recommend it because everybody's sort of got the the memories of both Age of Empires one and Age of Empires two when you were kids. Yeah, pulling it out of a. If you don't have box. those memories, yeah, you're getting the the disc in the Nutrigrain packet and then trying to install <laughs> it and convincing your parents that there wasn't. A virus. A virus so. yeah, yeah, oh man, exactly. I tried yeah. to do that so much as a kid, and I just, I just was not allowed to use those CDs. Well, well remember, remember CDs in general. Like, remember, <laughs> does any computer have a disk drive anymore? Yeah. You can't do it. Yeah. Time to change, man. Now it's just M dot two drives and Nutri Green boxes. It's crazy. Hey, look, someone, uh, someone three D printed a, a save button. Harking <laughs> 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 oh, back to the old times. Um, eight, eight year old, uh, eight year old me has a question. How are the cheat codes in this compared to like previous titles in Age of Mythology? Oh, I hate to say it, but I haven't tried it. Oh, um, really? Yeah, I, I don't even. I haven't looked them up or seen anything about it. I assume there is something there. I, oh, I hope so. That was such yeah. a core cool part where you know you'd start a lobby with friends and then just oh, accidentally leave the cheat codes on. Yeah, but it, there probably is it. Knowing Microsoft Studios and oh, we're harking back to what it was. There probably are in there. I just haven't really looked them up. Um, I did two online games on the weekend. Um, netcode seemed fine. I was just very, very bad, so I got flogged. Um, so that's pretty depressing. But <laughs> if your APM on isn't that grind, at least right? one thirty, get out, go practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you imagine so, it okay, becoming a? Because hmm, Age of Empires and even Age of Mythology, they were all like pre-mainstream esports days. I wonder if this will get any kind of. I assume there'll be like some tournament for it at DreamHack or something. But I wonder if this will get any kind of. Uh, not, not to, you know, it's, it's not going to become StarCraft 2 or anything, but I wonder I mean, what the esports scene for it would be when like. When Activision Blizzard has to fall eventually, <laughs> something's <laughs> going to replace StarCraft and WarCraft 3. I mean, yeah, WarCraft true. 3 killed itself, but StarCraft... <laughs> it's happening faster well, so than I, we're expecting. Well, so actually, after I got absolutely ploughed in the first game, I'm like, you know what? Instead of just picking the Germans and hoping for the best... How about I go watch a couple of YouTube videos? So I went down that rabbit hole of like different build strategies and stuff. And I ended up picking the Mongolians. And essentially the Mongolians can literally pack all their buildings up and go somewhere else, which is pretty wild See, when you I, think about I, it. I'm surprised by that because you've just said that it's based on history and yet you picked the Germans and hoped that it went well. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> It's a video game. Video games aren't real, right? <laughs> what, what version of history do you think happened? <laughs> they, they lost. <laughs> they lost big. <laughs> yeah, they lost and, all the time as well. Um, but it's different. I could have. I could have changed it. I could have made it better. You could change um, it. I did not. You can fix it. <laughs> <him. laughs> 
<laughs> we're going to stop this right now <laughs> before we get letters. But it serves an interesting point. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, like the 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 Mongolian special feature is that they can pack up because, true to history, they were a nomadic tribe and they pretty much went from place to place doing whatever they wanted, and that's reflected in their sort of how you play them. It's like you you go in there, you take your resources you get out type of thing and it's sort of the build strategy I was watching shows that they're very easy to set up for beginners but at the same time if you play it perfectly you'll win any game um, but because I did not play them perfectly and I mined for a bit too long oh, I just need a bit more gold and because I was like mining gold for an extra like minute um, I wasn't I just wasn't ready <laughs> which is fine it's a learning experience um, so if you're a if you're a master and you play them perfectly, you can win any game. But if you screw them up, or I guess your current experiences with them, you can't win any game. But then at the same time, maybe I'm just versing the top ranked person. <laughs> so it, it's not that I'm bad. It's just that they're infinitely better and they've spent their entire lives doing it. Yeah, like I'm probably and, getting and they mocked probably on some. Go outside at some point. Yeah, it's... yeah. Maybe they should go outside and touch grass. But then at the same time, their like, <laughs> their Twitch stream might be like, "Oh, look, this dickhead, he's done it wrong," <laughs> and I just don't know. Getting critiqued by like a stranger's chat on the internet. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's that's a very late stage capitalism is growing. Yeah, are you getting made fun of if you don't know? You get made fun of, right? Yeah, true. If, you're, if, um, <laughs> you're if your donations your laptop, aren't right? around to to tell someone they're doing it wrong, is it ever really happening? Um, you're you're playing this on your laptop, right? Yes. Did you? I mean, your laptop is not a gaming laptop by any means. Did Did you put, uh, download the 4K texture pack as well? No, God no. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was just curious. No, no. Because no. like, because I I'm on the Xbox um app thing or whatever garbage thing that they're peddling out for the Game Pass on PC. Like it does it does give you that option. Like, oh, do you want to download the 4K pack? And I'm like, oh, like. Do I? And then I'm like, you know what? Let's see if the game boots up first. I believe the words you're looking for are the Games for Windows Live 2 sequel Electric Boogaloo. No, the Xbox app is infinitely better than the horror that was a Game for Windows Live. Nothing will ever compete with that mess. I don't know. Ubisoft, uh, you play got pretty close. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <true. laughs> and Origin as well. Man, Origin was great. Why don't they bring that yeah, back? Yeah, I love clicking Origin. Then we hear my fans go... Brrr. <laughs> Oh no, I left it on a default program. Yeah. Run on startup. Yeah, yeah, it's run on startup. <laughs> time to, time good to for... turn my computer on and go make myself a three course meal. What do you mean? You cook the, the thing on your CPU once Origin turns on, you know? <laughs> it's good for being comfy in the winter, but yeah. <laughs> if it's above zero, nah. So your, your laptop without the 4K textures dying, I'm guessing, still. Well, it's not, it's not dying. It just runs pretty loud and pretty hot. And I've got a, like a laptop stand plugged into some monitors. So it's like off the ground. But I, be, I bet if I had it on my lap, um, I'd have third degree burns. But but I've, I've played a couple of other games. Um, I think it was like Total War or one of the Total War games. I think it was like Shogun. Um, and like that would, and even on like Mega Low, that would get to the point where like it would like overheat and just shut the laptop down. Um, and it hasn't I mean, done. It makes sense. Which, yeah, never a good sign. But it, it never got to that. Like it got pretty loud, got pretty toasty, but like I think I was I was playing like three and a half hours over the weekend, and it never got to that, um, which is good. But then at the same time, um, maybe next time I boot it up, my laptop's just going to catch fire. Yeah, I mean, for anyone that is listening, is going, oh, I, I wonder if I can run it. This is literally like an eighth gen i seven, I think, with integrated graphics. So if you have anything with a graphics card, you'll probably be perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, um, so that's. 
Age of Empires. Do we want to jump straight into the Halo Infinite chat, lads? Yeah. No, I think we have to start the juggernaut at some point, so let's, let's do it. <laughs> Sounds good. So I guess I'll just end up, I'll probably just end up moderating this because I, I think I'm the only one of us that hasn't played it yet. Does that be right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Doing yourself a disservice. <laughs> it's free to play. You've got no excuse. Uh, that's true. No, my main excuse is that uh, due to some electrical issues at my place, uh, live action multiplayer or uh, multiplayer games that require any amount of uh, either latency or reaction time haven't been going particularly well. Uh, anyway, Infinite, let's get into that. So I guess we'll hear from Josh first. I, I guess so, may as well. Um, so obviously for anyone that isn't really familiar with Halo, yeah, it is currently due out on the 9th of December, if I have my dates correct, which I'm pretty sure I do. Um, and when they did the 20th anniversary Halo event, which we'll talk about a little bit later, they decided to release the beta uh, publicly three <laughs> weeks early. Um, I'm sorry, but so, you just called that the 20th anniversary Halo event? Uh, well, it is a Halo event. It's dropped the same on Halo as it is on Xbox, so it's both. Yeah, but I, I just mean that <laughs> it, it's, it was supposed to be a 20th anniversary event for Xbox, not Halo specifically. I but mean, uh, everything I want to talk about from that event is based around solely like, Xbox, but, you know, uh, yeah, fair point. I probably should have called it an Xbox event, <laughs> and I think most people just went, oh, good, Halo, and ignored the rest of it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, they released it three weeks early. It is still in beta, Um I've had very considerable bug problems, but the game itself is pretty stable, like once you're actually in a match. And uh, yeah, no, it, it's really fun. I mean, I think Seth's probably played the most of it out of us as well as Ranked. So maybe you'd be best to sort of start talking about the combat and everything, and then we can sort of dig into the rest of it from there. Right, so uh, actually when it comes to multiplayer Halo, I've mostly played like um, at couch with friends, so like three to four player split screen. I've never really been uh, too into like the actual online of it, but um. Wow, local co-op. Wow. I know. Remember, couch King. remember split screen? Remember split screen? Yeah, remember yeah. split screen. Was like Twenty inches. Remember, oh, we can, remember when we could have friends around to our houses? Remember friends. <laughs> <laughs> the tv show oh no let's not do this yeah i, I guess, I guess the, the first question is is it still the same when you organize a sleepover with three of your best mates no because you'll all have to be on separate xboxes with separate internet uh, all of them hooked up to the internet to play separate tvs yeah separate, separate tvs um, or monitors or whatever you have at hand <laughs> separate game pass subscription i know it's true it's just free. Yeah, no, just just conceptually, it's just funny that that could be a requirement for, say, the campaign when that's out. Yeah, well, it, it will be, and I think you need Xbox Live on the Xbox still to play it online, so... Hmm. <laughs> I don't know about yeah, if that's entirely accurate, but potentially at least an Xbox Live subscription. Uh, no, I don't I don't think you need an Xbox Live subscription. I thought, um, I thought Microsoft had made it already where free games don't require it anymore. They, 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 they used this to, the but I think they got I've rid of played. it because PlayStation said, nah, don't need it. <laughs> wow. So yeah, I'm pretty sure that it, first. Yeah. That's, that seems wrong. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it's usually the other way around. Sony's usually on the tails of other people when it comes to online services or anything. True. All right, so first time playing not split screen on multiplayer. Uh, so thoughts? Um, the game's a lot more like Halo 3 than uh, the other Halos. It has... um. I, I wouldn't call them Halo Reach tier because there's no jetpack or anything, but it does have um, power-ups that uh, 
around the map you can pick up now. So you get the grapple hook, you get armor, invisibility, overshield and everything. And they're all just lying around the map at certain points or sometimes they'll drop in and your AI partner will tell you. Uh, I'll get into the AI partner in a little bit. But um, yeah, just generally you start off with like an assault rifle or a battle rifle depending on if you're in ranked or open games. And a pistol on the side if it's not ranked. And you just find like the shotguns, the uh, rocket launchers and everything around the map and... That's kind of how I like my Halo multiplayer experience, so I'm glad that they've resorted back to that. And um, big team modes are a lot of fun, like having a bunch of people jump into a warthog and uh, just go around into another base, getting two people or a mongoose, uh, going to cap a flag and then running it back within 30 seconds of the game starting is just as fun as it's always been. <laughs> Yeah, and the, the big team mode uh, for anyone that you know is, doesn't played the game yet is twenty four people, twelve aside, three squads of four. Um, so it is it is kind of cool the way they've done that. I think that's the first time they've really had something like that with the squads inside the game. I didn't yeah, play so much. Why, Halo 5 what, what, what do the squads do? What do the squads add? Why aren't you just all twelve v twelve? Ah, because the game's a, a game's ranked mode, and our main multiplayer modes are based around four v four games, and they've got smaller maps too coincide with those like um when it comes to halo esports 343 really wants to push like the smaller games like uh, of the 4v4 teams and like get small groups of um esports teams together but um it's to mitigate that they they have all these like flourishes like showing your four team it's four people in the squad together at the start of the game so just to keep those uh, things in the big game modes and like not have to code around removing it oh, they keep the uh, squads in the big mode to show all those like little cinematics and things mm. two two other questions on that just because i realized we, we didn't properly address it so the multiplayer itself is currently in beta and it's currently free to play is the fully released multiplayer coming out december 9th or whenever that is is that going to remain free to play and then the follow-up was uh Actually, I already gave that one away, is that, yes, this is just the multiplayer because the campaign isn't out yet, but is the multiplayer going to remain free-to-play? Yeah, the yes. multiplayer is going to remain free-to-play, and the way they're going to monetize it is by having a battle pass system in place, which uh, we'll get to in a little oh bit. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, boy. We'll get to that in a little bit, though. Um, so, the I guess um, I'll quickly touch on the AI partner because that's also, like, I guess, like, a, fi a fifth party member sort of situation for you where you have a button where they'll um they can scan the map and show you where weapons are and things like that and where all the power-ups are and objectives oh really oh so i have only played about like i just hit I, you play like what 10 games and you can start with ranked and that's just where i got to this morning before i was like okay i'll play at this arvo and then i never did so they and the ai partner's like always talking to you saying when there's like a, a weapon drop is an inbound so so is the button sort of like a... Because in ranked, you don't have a radar, which is a whole separate thing. Yeah. But does the AI partner replace the radar? Um, it's, it's in both, like, unranked and ranked modes you can use the AI partner to scan. But um, it just, like, does, like, an echolocation sort of thing and it'll highlight things in oh, your field of view. Okay. So uh, asking for a friend, what... Is that button? Uh, are you on? No are you idea. on a mouse and keyboard, or are you on controller? No controller. I, Xbox Series X Master Race. Either up or down on the D pad, I think. <laughs> All right, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna have a bit of a whinge about the Xbox controller for a bit. Go for it. Um, yeah. So, go on. so 
I'm not sure if you guys have like the the newest Xbox One Series X or Series S controllers. I do not. But they've well, so they've got like this. They've essentially made like a middle button that's like a share button. button, God damn it! You're still going on about this. And I'll I'll always (laughs) be going on about this until you can rebind it. (laughs) So essentially, the the idea is that like you press the button and like it captures like a moment. I think it's like the last thirty seconds of your game. Or an actual screenshot of what's going on, and that's you guys be able to share it in social media and blah blah blah. That's useless to me. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. So give me the option to rebind it. But so today, this morning, I got like a triple kill within the first three seconds of the match, and I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" You know what? I want to share this. I wasn't using the Xbox Series X controller. I was using the Xbox One controller, which doesn't have the fucking share button. <laughs> so. If anybody had, if anybody had seen, they would have seen me like press the middle button, but it, that doesn't exist on this controller, and it would have been, and it was just like me, like oh fuck, like I just did the coolest thing I'll ever do, and I can't like. Record if only there was anything. some way that we could share that, perhaps with an easy to reach button press. Now I, I had the same complaints with the PlayStation Four controller because I. Uh, I'm used to pressing like select on a PlayStation controller to open like a map, for example, and then PlayStation Four comes along and goes, "We're going to make this the share button." Yeah, and so that was, yeah. Just, like several because I don't even have a PlayStation Four, which is even worse because it means that all my muscle memory just fades whenever I'm at a friend's house and then just like returns slowly. So I'm always at a friend's house playing. I'm like, "Oh, let me just pop the map open real quick," and then nothing happens. And then five seconds later, social media pops up going, "Hey, would you like to share the moment of you having no idea where you are?" See, I think no, they kind. Of, I think they kind of fixed that with the PlayStation Five controller because they've moved the share button a bit further up left to the corner, and where your I still press it. Where your <laughs> where is my select? No, no, what that, if I wanted to the, select something, Seth? That that's what I'm about to get into. <laughs> Give me a second. What would normally be where the select button is is uh the left side of the touchpad, which is now what select would have been. But then, what if I, I don't, don't want like to share anything? <laughs> Stop trying to make me advertise your platforms. I love the share buttons. I always say, I always save little bits of clips, and it's I, it's uh, it's something I, it's something that I like about the PlayStation version is that they they're much more extensive in that you can save up to the last hour, but it asks you, hey, do you want to save a fifteen second clip, a thirty second clip, or the last minutes, last five minutes, and it keeps upping the ante into bigger chunks until oh, you get okay. to like an hour. So Xbox does the same thing. You just have to define it in the settings. Yeah. But, um, but why would you bother? <laughs> why w- I'm here to play the game, not to take screenshots. But then at the same time, I, I guess it's just sort of like I did. I did the coolest thing I'll ever do in a Halo game. I could have shared it, but I didn't. Would you That's, like me to help man. you save face on that, Stephen? Nah, I'll, I'll never do it again. Lightning never strikes. No, uh, there's a theater mode, so you can kill. just go back to that game and replay it with your Xbox there Series is? X controller, and uh, and hit share when you get to that point. Oh god, we did it! Like, like does it? Is there? Oh, you know the what? I'm gonna do is that now, away. boys. <laughs> oh wow! It's it's just in the community tab. I think it's called. You can go to a theater and rewatch your last uh last few matches. I'm very annoyed about that though because I had a very good couple of clips in one game, and that game is inaccessible to me because so many people quit and left the match. It just doesn't know what to do. Ah, okay, <laughs> interesting. I've never had anybody drop out of a match, but maybe I just haven't played enough to know. I was playing about 30 minutes before we did this podcast with a few people in Discord, and as we entered the first game, there was the squad of four of us in the opening cinematic, and all of a sudden, one of them just disappeared <laughs> in like a little puff of smoke, and I was like, "Yeah, when someone disconnects, <laughs> and it turns out that he just like altered forward, like that, and yeah." Just, like, <laughs> 
It's the funniest <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, what the hell? <laughs> it's like he didn't get a squad with his teammate, so he just like alter forward, which is something I actually have to complain about the game, is that if you're in a, a fire team and you queue up together and you have under four people, why do you not put in the same squad automatically? Why does it randomly distribute you between yeah, the two Yeah, that's squads? also really annoying because... Really? Yeah, oh, shit. I, I was playing with it's two so other people dumb. last night and we kept getting into games where we were sep- separated into um, three different squads across the game. Is it really that Which, bad, though? Yeah. Like, if you're all on the same team, even if you're amongst different squads, would it so, really play out that differently if you're in the same squad? Your, your squad partner's names are highlighted in green while the rest of your team is all blue. So if it, uh, if your friends aren't in the same squad as you, then you got to try and pick out their names from the crowd of blue. Yeah, I'm not sure if if the voice chat is limited to your squad either. I don't think it is. It's limited to your team. Um, to your team. Because when okay. I was playing uh, Tuesday night, um, I got cussed out pretty bad. Rightfully so. <laughs> I was being a fuckwit. <laughs> um, and not even by the enemy. The call was coming from yeah, inside but, no, the house. Yeah, it was from the, yeah, essentially a... It's what am I supposed to do? He's in a warthog driving around, and I like go up to him to. And you just wanted to take your plasma grenades for a walk. <laughs> no, I was trying to get in the turret, but he kept like thinking I was on when I wasn't. So I'm not sure if that was like a bit of a lag thing. <laughs> and he's like, he's like cussing me out. It's like, oh, computing bullet, get on the thing. And I kept going up, and then he kept driving off like that gag where it's like you gotta no, get in the car and your friend that, just, <laughs> just get in the car and you excel. So that's what, at first I thought that's what he was doing, but then like he's like. You can tell, like, he's just physically or vocally getting angry about it. And then, like, he reverses and runs over you. And then I hopped in, like, the, the passenger side. The screen starts like, shaking and, you know, he stands up. So then I, then I get out and then he just drives away. He's like, fuck you. You don't know how to learn how to play the game. And I'm just sitting there getting worked up. Video games are fun, You know right? what the real problem was? You, you had latency because you were playing on the Series X and not in not on the PC. Well, no, I'm kidding. I love my Series X. Well, but at the same time, so on that note, like crossplay is like automatically enabled. Like you can't turn it off or on. Um, so I'm not sure if that's an yeah. issue. For, I'm not sure if it's I mean, only an issue when the you queue up with Xbox One players and you get, can tell because oh. the loading times are way longer. And they never I mean, get in the warthog. <laughs> it was just no, the, going the auto aim is the worst part like PC, PC you, you use your mouse and yes it is a more precise accuracy tool but on a controller if I pick up a controller I can just like activate zoom and it will just snap to the person's head like yeah, the, <laughs> the, oh, the, the, nah, I, I'm not a really fan brutal in this game like it's so overtuned um, it's yeah it's insane I find that, that like taking the time to do the zoom though you've already lost like that that valuable first shot in getting it I off. I mean, you shoot and zoom at the same time. So I had a moment Two in one of the, the first games I was playing where I was aiming on someone like a fair bit away on the map and I was aiming for... I, I aimed for their head, but um, as I shot, like the recoil just missed them a little bit. Like it bounced down and hit their chest. But then as I was going for the second shot, uh, someone drove past and the aim assist just snapped onto them and uh, shot my field of view to the right it was. It's really brutal that aim assist. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't think crossplay is enabled for ranked mode it though. It is, but um, um, no, nah, it's it's, you, it's always turned have, on. Cause yeah, it is enabled, but um, you can pick. But you have to pick between playing keyboard and mouse or playing on controller. You can't do cross mm. controller. Oh, okay, that's that's versus. a good system. Yeah, which is good because I would get absolutely flogged. But so you're saying that the loading times <laughs> are because people are playing 
on the Series X. On the oh, Xbox One. I mean, Series X will be fine because they have the SSD. Xbox One yeah, is that's on hard drive. Okay, that, imagine having like there a, are also yeah. probably people with PCs as old as Patrick's that are also trying to play this that game. Hey, <laughs> that might have some learning issues. I, I only get the I only get the streaming data errors in Forza when I'm driving at 350 k's an hour, which I don't. Well, actually, there is a warthog <laughs> in Forza Horizon. Maybe I would, but no. I I finally moved to the 21st century and bought myself an SSD in a Black Friday sale, so no more issues for me. Thank you, Papa Amazon. <laughs> no, no, that was actually that was actually local. I didn't even have to check Amazon. Oh. Um, I was Either going that. to ask, now that weapons are distributed randomly around the map, what, has that influenced how you guys like to play out maps? Do you guys, like, are the weapons always in the same locations? Does it make you guys want to run to certain parts of the map all the time? So in, in the actual Halo world, we probably didn't explain this too well, but um, there are various spawn points that are things for, like, weapons, the upgrades for the equipment, and certain vehicles that are always where they are on the map. Um, and then they do like airdrops to drop in like other vehicles that shoot different or a, like a, maybe a rocket warthog instead of a gun one, stuff like that. Um, when something is picked up, it'll either be completely closed over so that you don't see the gun there if it's mounted on a wall, um, or it will be like a, like a ghost sort of Cortana silhouette of what was there so that you know what's there the next time you sort of run past it. So if you like go to pick up a gun and it's, like shining blue and it's see-through you know oh cool someone's already got that gun before me but at least now i know that gun's there and yeah it is consistent so the sniper rifle will spawn in the same spot and the battle rifles will spawn in the same spot stuff yeah like and that. the more power so I think it type will... weapons mm. like the rocket launchers and stuff are usually air dropped in but there is a one game yeah. uh game map in the uh 4v4 maps where there's a rocket launcher right in the middle of the map and you can you can always see the countdown timer on that, and your AI partner will tell you when it, the rocket launcher is at uh, about twenty seconds away from spawn, and everyone just converges onto that point right away. <laughs> that's that's yeah. super cool, intro, uh, actually. So I guess with with those spawns in mind, uh, what would your favorite weapons be, or what what are the weapons you try and aim for when you're in multiplayer? Oh God! Um, so they've got like a bunch of new ones that are a bit different like there's i think it's called the heat wave um and that pretty much shoots out like sort of like four orbs and they sort of like bounce around yeah i'm um, also a big fan of the heat wave y yeah it's one of those I things that apparently like apparently swap the fire for that so it shoots like one shot um i did it earlier today i don't remember what it, the button it, the was, aim button but it switches from, it like, between shooting. vertical and horizontal aiming uh, yeah. so that's very cool that's what they do in dead space yeah, it is too. Interesting. Yeah. That's a bit of a weird throwback they've got going on there. <laughs> throwback. <laughs> I'm actually I usually I like to use shotguns, but I'm actually not that big of a fan of the shotgun in this game, like just a standard shotgun. It feels a little too weak. Oh, they nerfed the hell out yeah, of Yeah, and they, they it's yeah. it's called like the bulldog or something, and I think that's the shittest name for a gun. Yeah, um uh, they change the names to a lot of things like um the rocket launcher in this is called the Spanker. Which I actually yeah. think is a pretty good name for that. <laughs> I, I, I like that change. <laughs> yeah, that that one's fine, but um, the bulldog for the um uh, for the shotgun is a bit air. Uh, um, I actually still quite like the shotgun. I mean, it's it's basically a drum barrel shotgun now. 
Uh, it reloads considerably faster from what I've noticed and what I remember of previous Halo yeah, games. Yeah, because it's not like yeah, a pump action. Maybe, it is maybe its rate of fire is just faster than I think it is, so I'm not firing it fast enough. It, it is faster than the old shotguns, for sure, because the other one was like, boom, and then you sort of like pull it back, pump load, and then start to fire again. Yeah. This one, you can fire off a few shots rapidly, but if you're not extremely close, it's like a three-shot kill or more. Yeah, so. and that, that's... I, I usually like getting in close with a shotgun and pumping people with one shot. Yeah, yeah, which is not really viable for this. I think the only gun that actually one-shot someone in this game that I've found was the sniper rifle with a headshot and, of course, the energy sword. Yeah. So, yeah. And, man, being invisible with the energy sword is still as fun as ever. Oh, God. Uh, every fucking time I fall for it. Every fucking time. <laughs> oh, look, I can see someone that's invisible. I'm going to go and, like, melee them. Oh, no, they've turned around. I'm dead. I hate this game. <laughs> every time. <laughs> But just think, there'll be an entire generation of kids that uh, won't be that won't have experienced that that you can introduce them to it. Welcome to the world of teabagging. Yeah. This, this was introduced in Halo One. <laughs> I actually haven't checked if teabag physics still in the game. I'm pretty sure they still are. Um, Surely it, it wouldn't be right if they weren't. Yeah, it seems like a staple of the Halo series at this point. Yeah. Well, but another thing they've added as well is with like the they've added like sliding. So if you're sprinting. And you like press the crash button, you'll slide, and that's. I'm pretty. I don't the slide think... is the slide is a bit more useful than I thought it would be. Yeah, it's just like a bit different because I because I think oh, I'm not sure if it was like Halo Five or Halo Four or it might have been Mid Reach. Like you'd be sprinting and then you press the crash button and it automatically like stops you. So I've been trying to do that to get behind cover, but then I keep sliding. I'm like, oh no. This... I know that was the case in uh, both Halo Four and in Reach. I don't know about Five. Um, yeah, but yeah, it is, it is, it's, it's so weird. Like one of the, the weird things I don't like about this, this multiplayer experience in Halo is that the way that it was presented was very much like sort of the modern Call of Duty thing of like, Hey, you can slide, you can grapple, you can do this, you can do that. But at its core, it's still very much a, Hey, this person takes a lot to kill, um, which makes sense. They're Spartans. Um, but They've added like these semi-mobility things like the slide, like the grapple that are so niche in this gameplay, I feel. Like the sliding is very good because you can use it all the time consecutively, consistently. But like the grappling hook and everything, like I really thought that would be have a much bigger presence in this game than what it does. Like the fact that you have to randomly find it on the map and hopes that someone else hasn't taken it. Yeah, the grapple yeah. hook I kind of wish was just part of your toolkit. I, yeah. I can see why it isn't. Because it kind of breaks some maps really badly, but at I the mean, same yeah, time, give it like, I don't, like a minute cooldown or something. It only yeah, breaks the maps um, because everyone doesn't have them. Like it, it adds like a bit of verticality, which you can use. Yeah, it, like on a design standpoint as well. If they had a, if they just gave everyone a grapple hook, they could make more vertical designed maps. Which Halo Reach, from memory, had a few of them, and uh, they weren't all that great because you had to keep relying on the um, jet boosters to get everywhere. Yeah, yeah, and you had to keep looking up as well because people, as soon as it would start, would get straight up there and be like, "Okay, I'm on top." There you are. You don't see <laughs> yeah, exactly. me in the first two bursts. <laughs> Just done. dome you, yeah. Um, but the... as it is now, since it's a power up, uh, it's very flattened maps with some like very few things that you can grapple onto. But it's usually like, hey, let's just grapple onto this uh, cliff to get up faster than running around it. It also just feels like, like equipment wise, the grapple is, in my opinion, by far the best. And every other power I've found has just been pretty much mediocre there's one that you can shoot out which basically does like a circle radar and shows you if there's enemies or anything in it 
Uh, there's ones that shoots like wrist-mounted rockets like your Boba Fett, which is kind of cool. Uh, probably doesn't do enough damage, but pretty cool. Um, and then there's like a repulse one, which basically sort of just stops you. I'm not entirely sure what it does, but I imagine if a vehicle hits you or something, it'll probably just like flip the vehicle. I haven't managed to time it, right? Uh, the repulsor is supposed to be used for grenades. Like, things like grenades and yeah. rockets. Okay, yeah, so it does have a use. Um, and then the other one I found was basically just a drop shield. The drop shield's good, the drop shield's good if you... It, well, all these things are situational, and probably because it's new and we're not used to it yet. And because it's mapped to, it's mapped to like the right bumper, which used to be the melee button. It's still, that I'm just not used to it yet. Um, I have it um, bound to a, a button on my mouse, but like you have, at least on PC, you have four different equipment buttons that you can use, but you can only pick up one one equipment. So yeah. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what that's about, but yeah, it just feels like every everything is so utterly situational, but the the grappling hook is really strong because you know you can use it to escape to getting close to do whatever and it's really consistently good i feel like it just definitely should be part of of a kit like yeah, standard everything else feels like it's a defensive tool or a situational tool while the grapple hook is the only thing in the game at the moment that's just like hey have fun with this yeah yeah good point the other thing i i found while i'm on things i i, I don't like was uh Quite, quite a few bugs just I couldn't rebuying keys I had the game crash on me I had no sound for some things I couldn't invite people to matches various bits and pieces most of that seems to have been fixed up when I loaded my PC today which is good um, and obviously restarting Halo the first time allowed me to, to rebound my keys otherwise I just wouldn't have played it <laughs> but uh, it, it it's definitely still in beta and I think you know there's some tweaking that probably could be done but I also come from a really competitive fast person uh, first person shooter thing like tarkov or like csgo where either you have zero recoil and you one shot kill or it's a very hyper realistic thing and you can lean around corners and it's very slow uh you know you hear people stepping and you gotta account for them and kill them in a map and if you die you're dead kind of thing so you know take it with a grain of salt this is a very different fps to what we've had since the last halo fps so it's kind of in its own genre for this and I, I just think it could be tweaked. I haven't played Halo 4 and 5, but um, from what I saw, I wasn't a big fan of it because it did look like they were more towards the um, the 4v4 thing that 343 is pushing for the ranked in this, or 5v5 even. And um, I, I prefer, like, okay, so I did say earlier that um, I was mostly playing, like, four-player split-screen stuff. But I prefer Halo as this big multiplayer thing where it's big maps, you've got all these vehicles everywhere, you're doing capture the flag and things like that. Like, just doing 2v2s in those sort of maps were a lot of fun. I don't like the more enclosed type of maps. I, I like the big expanses of land. So um, I'm very happy with this return to form for the big battle mode. I think the, the big battle mode is definitely good. I'm just hoping that they, they, they do something to address maybe just buff a few of the starting guns maybe it just it doesn't feel like it's polished enough like the assault rifle still feels like the absolute worst gun in the game and if you don't pick up another gun it's basically useless like i saw an article from pc gamer um and i knew exactly what they were talking about where they were talking about um previous halo games where they did what was that they were dubbing the halo which is basically spraying an entire clip of the assault rifle point blank into someone as you're running towards each other and then you both melee each other and you both fall over and die <laughs> and Man, that, classic. it's so classic to halo and it's just 
it's such a problem like it's such a buzzkill for a thing if you just spawn with this gun and someone else spawns with this gun and you know you're just both gonna die unless one of you misses the melee like it just it, it I, just I doesn't think seem it's a fun buzz kill at all i find that very fun like if i get a double kill like that i just think oh well it it's one less person their team de uh, dealing anything to yeah other people i think I, it, i've always found it quite funny yeah, yeah but would it still be funny like you know I don't know, 300 matches in when you have a 10 second respawn timer and you spawn with that same gun again. Yeah, the respawn timer is like 10, 10 seconds is way too long. But I, I sort of see it, and maybe I'm very biased because I've loved Halo and I sort of love that type of thing because you can sort of fake out the strategy. Like they'll go for the melee and like you'll jump two seconds before, so they've missed. And it's like, okay, then you come down with the melee like a split second later. It just, like I see what you're saying about it. Like it's not, and, there, and it does take that whole who reloads first or if you miss like one burst that's it you're gone but i actually really enjoy sort of everybody how it starts off on the same playing field and it's not necessarily or maybe it's it's the way that i play and i haven't really gotten the the nuance and the the expertise with the newer guns but i sort of I wait like... for them to go and grab the gun and as they're picking it up they're like two three seconds behind me and that's it like i've already got the upper hand and oh, uh, oh, so finish your point oh yeah i mean but because like the the shields are so strong you've sort of got like you can sort of be caught a little bit off guard and still survive the fight like just because like someone shoots you two times and you weren't ready for it if you sort of like quickly sprint or quickly slide or quickly jump you can sort of change the whole situation it just gives a bit more opportunities see i wouldn't mind that if it didn't mean that you know the people that have the stronger guns weren't just two tapping you or weren't just three tapping you so if you have this gun and you run into someone with it you either have to get the drop on them or run away and find another gun because you're gonna die like it is just such a useless piece of equipment i think is just my big problem with it that's that's like, what i was gonna yeah, ask the cause... moment i spawn i swap to a pistol yeah. I, I don't think it's all that useless myself because i get plenty of kills with the assault rifle like some of my yeah. some good runs i get is like killing three people with that default gun like just while they're either in a group uh or just trying to uh, scramble themselves or even if they've got a better gun and i just pick them off like a little too far away for a shotgun to be very effective so when you're in one of these big maps and everyone's scrambling for guns does it suffer from the the i'm gonna call it the battlefront 2 problem because it's the last game i can think of that had it where uh if you don't get one of these guns, or I guess if you don't become, you know, whatever Jedi that becomes available after a certain point, that you're just kind of resigned to having a shit game for the next 10 minutes? Or uh, is it generally enough around that you can kind of make something work? Guns, guns come back in frequency, and if someone dies with a gun and no one picks it up, then it's just going to go back to the rack. So there's, it's not like it's going to be gone forever or anything. They do... Uh, come in every now and then and again with the uh, power weapon drops and like the other vehicles around everywhere you're not really lost for options yeah and i find no, i found that the the ammo on the the drop guns is like it's not low but it's low enough it's so you low. don't feel like as if it's like you can just swamp <laughs> the team like i think with the rocket launch you get like one reload if i'm correct yeah i think yeah. you get two, yeah two two shots and then two shots in the in the chamber yeah which, so. which i think it's like it's not like as if someone's just going to run around. Uh, like, I think the energy sword lasts six swings or six hits. Um, and it's it used to last ten. Ten? So it might oh, be shit. 10 still. Yeah, I feel like yeah, a lot of these changes 10%. were made to 
compensate for the 4v, uh, 4v4 mode. But yeah. even then, you get things like the rocket launcher only has two shots in the 4v4 mode. So, like, they've... It's, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, it's really low for that. Why does it still feel very low for the big map? Like, at least l- let let me have let let people have some fun and maybe put in like six, like put it into uh, two rockets at default and six in the chamber that you can use. I mean, I don't think they necessarily need to increase those guns because they are fi- like they're supposed to be a limited resource. But the the starting gun and the starting pistol. They have such a small amount of ammo, which I constantly run out of ammo with those. And really? I haven't had the time or I haven't found another gun that hasn't spawned. And like, you know, you get three clips, I think, for the pistol. And it takes like at least one and a half clips to kill someone. Well, are you like <laughs> so, are you like walking over bodies as you kill them to collect all their ammo? Because I do that out of habit um, just from like I mean, playing single player campaigns. Not, I spawn right beside someone that is fighting me. <laughs> I've oh, never really had an ammo problem myself yeah. unless it's a gun I've picked up, which you can't get more ammo of because of, like, other people aren't dying and dropping that. I mean, I, I did a, a match earlier today where I noticed the problem was just infuriating because I ended up, I think it was, like, 21 to, like, 10 or something. It was actually, like, I actually did quite well this match, and I was just out of ammo, and every single time I killed someone, I had to walk up to them and take whatever gun they had because I was out of ammo. <laughs> it was just really annoying. And yeah, it it kind of just it, it didn't it didn't sell me on like what the Halo Infinite experience looked like to me with the fast paced slides and the um, grappling hooks and everything. All of that really consists to fast paced, don't stop moving, uh, don't, don't stop moving. Sorry, keep shooting while you're running around at people. And if you have a very limited ammo resource and the grappling hooks are very limited, and you have to like find them, and the slide is probably not as as fast paced and as sort of dashy as what it looked like in the game trailers to me. It just feels like they did kind of half a job. Like, they were trying to make it a modern shooter with, you know, wall bounces and all these other bits and pieces, but then they just kind of left it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just think it needs tweaking. I just don't know where. Yeah, I think I can see where you're coming from, and especially probably in the in the big maps, that's probably more apparent because in the big maps, they have, like, a more different, a more diverse portfolio of weapons that spawn. Yeah, I mean, the one where I noticed it very specifically was um, a capture the flag match where I was out of ammo, but I had to I had to chase that flag. Like, if I didn't stop the flag, it was it was it was gone. So I just kind of was trying to scrounge whatever ammo I could find on the way, and you know, running back and forth between my flag and their flag while trying to capture it and fighting people on that point, and being constantly out of ammo there was just not not really conductive to a fun experience, but um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, that's, that's enough about what I dislike about Halo, I think. But <laughs> it is it is a very fun game. I think the spawns probably need to be tweaked a little bit better as well. Uh, but 343's always had that problem. And just, uh, I guess, just getting used to the game. Because I imagine you guys have the same problem. You pick up a gun and go, hey, I haven't played the campaign for this Halo game. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea what this does. <laughs> there, there, <laughs> is a, there is a weapon range to go in and learn these guns. But I'm taking the approach of... I'll just pick up a gun and learn how it goes in yeah. in, ex- in experience. <laughs> Literally, me picking up like the lightning rifle. Sure, <laughs> shall we just segue and talk about that for a sec? So, uh, obviously, this is just the multiplayer uh, campaign isn't out yet. But from what you've played, because I assume you know the engine and stuff would be the same, the physics would be the same. Does it get you more or less excited for the campaign now that you've played the multiplayer in the same kind of world? I'm more excited, definitely, hundred um, percent. I've said it before; I'll say it a million times. I love like the Halo lore. I love the 
story. I love the sort of world and the environment setting, like to the point of like in, I've got like a lot of the books that like sort of explain the backstory. I'm like sort of really into the halo lore. So I'm, I'm very, I am very, very, very keen for the campaign and I cannot wait. What about you, Seth? I, oh, uh, Josh, you're about to speak. Sorry. What do you, what about you? <laughs> I mean, I, I've literally now in the, the last few weeks, uh, basically gone through it and, and played every single Halo games campaign on Legendary. So I got the, the Legendary cutscene and everything and got really deep into the story and really involved in it. Um, and, you know, I, I love Halo. I think it's great. It's one of the first games I ever played and it will probably be one of the last knowing Microsoft. I don't think they're going to stop throwing money at it. Um, oh, I thought that was going to be a really, really I dark, think... like... Yeah, I got <laughs> scared. You, you were no, the no, no, no. At the, at the ripe old age of 27 <laughs> playing Halo. No, not at all. But, um, like... You know, I, I absolutely love the game, but to me, the multiplayer in this, uh, I don't think it really got me more excited, but I was also quite excited. I think if I had dis- if I didn't care less about the game and if I hadn't just replayed every Legendary Edition, I would have been like, yeah, okay, you know, I- I'm pretty hyped for this now. Show me what the campaign's going to be about. But coming from the story side of things and then you know, going into a map where they just throw you as a random Spartan with a random AI with just random guns, it was like... Yeah, I can see how the campaign could be cool, but I just don't want it to go Halo 5 route, you know? I want them to go really deep story-wise. I want it to be a long campaign, and I want the co-op to release with the campaign, <laughs> but it probably won't. But uh, I, I, I'm I'm not not excited, but I think that they really need to hype up what the campaign's going to be a bit more prior to release. It was only a couple of weeks away. Give us some information on what, what the campaign's going to be. Release, like, a, another campaign trailer with a bit more info is really what i would want and what about you seth any any thoughts um i'm excited to give halo single player a try at some point um i do have the master chief collection it's just a thing of uh actually sitting down and playing through all the single players i've got to find a way to play halo 5 once i get to them so uh halo infinite's story mode is something that's going to be long down the line for me and yeah um I'm excited to play them, but by uh, I'm going to be more excited because by the time I do get to it, co-op should be in the game, hopefully. And um, I I don't think I'd play those by myself. Like the the single players and the multiplayer's are very different beasts, so I don't think it's uh it's um too big of a talking point to say how the multiplayer would excite me for the single player. But um, yeah, I'll uh. I don't know where I was going with this. Sorry, but um, yeah, um, I I am generally excited to give that a try. That's cool. And you got people here that will play it with you. Yeah. Speaking of things that uh, excite you guys, shall we shall we wrap the the infinite discussion with a talk on battle passes? Uh, I oh think, man, the best. God, uh, I hate it. I I think it might have been Yusef that alluded to this was their monetization strategy. I noticed that in Steam when I downloaded it, it says season one, which. Man, if that's not the bread and butter of a battle pass system, I don't know what is. But shall we shall we briefly discuss about what the monetization in this looks like? Yeah, so I think it's fifteen dollars for a thousand credits, which is uh, going to, is what the uh, season pass is going for. And uh, you could you could pay twenty eight hundred credits to get some uh, bonus exp through there, so you don't have to spend as much time grinding. Oh, spend more money, avoid the grind. 
So that's like we were talking about that last week. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like that's what most <laughs> games are nowadays. Um, what, so, so, so I yeah, sorry, you spend, continue. Spend a spend a chunky forty five dollars to get through a good chunk of the season pass at uh, the battle pass right now. Sounds uh, sounds very enticing, doesn't it? <laughs> and so let's say let's say I do go and do that. Uh, what what uh, what would I be saving myself the grind to get? What what would the incentive be to get? up the the battle pass as fast as possible what sort of things do i have to look forward to so i'm i don't know for sure but i'm going to take a wild stab and say you'll skip 50 levels of battle pass and it's got 100 levels and by the time you hit 50 you'll just have a bunch of cosmetics you could customize your spartan with um yeah so just to sort of throw it back to the halo 3 stuff it's very much like that where your Spartan has different pieces of armor, so you can change your helmet, you can change your arm, you can change your chest plate, you can change your legs, you can change the color for all of those, uh, poses, other bits and pieces like that. So if anyone's ever played Halo 3 or you know, any other of the multiplayer since then, very much in the same vein. Yeah, so um, uh, they, they've made a bunch of changes to how customization works in this uh well not a bunch of changes still a lot like the head pieces the accessories on the head the chest pieces and everything the one that i do take issue with is that you can't change your color now it's all color palettes yeah i hate that as well yeah and the, and you unlock the color palettes as well like you start off with like eight colors or whatever and you get like one that's like free in the store at the moment yeah so uh the one that's free in the store at the moment is uh, red blue and white so that's what i'm rocking like Yep, and it, it's like it's it's set to be white is your main body, red is uh, some accents, and blue is like your gloves and boots and stuff. I think it is. Oh, at the so right, so you're not actually able to change the color of pieces. You just wear like a particular style now. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, so at the moment they they've got things like, hey, this armor set is like all black with like red uh, red tinges and stuff. But um, in older Halos, it was more like you could pick it, for blue team. You could pick between different shades of blues and purples, and for red team, you could pick between different shades of red and orange. Right. And yeah. I generally preferred that version of it. Um, but yeah. Uh, so they 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 even threw monetization onto the color palette of your Spartan. Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember, but back when Halo Infinite was first scheduled to release, and I'll never forget this because it's so ridiculous but basically they had a deal uh, in the u.s with uh i think it's kellogg's and stuff the people that make like those lcm bars and rice bubble bars and other bits and pieces yeah like it's that. kellogg's kellogg's yeah. yeah so when it was originally supposed to release they had signed this deal with kellogg's which basically if you had one of those bars or you bought the box or whatever you could go online and scan like a qr code or redeem just a, a regular like product code and it would unlock a color palette for you um, and you had to, like, it was a unique one to this very particular product. And I think Mountain Dew was very similar. Um, I think they also you, had one for Monster. Yeah, I think they I had think one for always, Monster as yeah. well. Maybe it wasn't Mountain Dew, maybe it was Monster. But it was, like, unique to that. And when this originally came out, when Halo was, like, um, sorry, Halo Infinite was supposed to release, there were so many people, like, up in arms about it. Like, oh, but the color palettes, it's going to ruin and all these cosmetics. Like, what is this game going to look like? And now it's, like, released into beta and everyone's like, hey, the game hasn't even released yet and they're charging for them, but I don't care because it's Halo. <laughs> I just, I find it really strange that they're just going to, yeah, if this is what free-to-play looks like, then, man, uh, I'd rather just pay for the game and have the customization options. Yeah, so I was going to get into that. Um... 
I actually went through and counted everything that was on the um season pass. Of course you did. Um, uh, yeah, just just so I could, I I knew what uh, was going on. You'll have to give me a second to double check my numbers, <laughs> but I believe it was going, uh, just sliding the beads back <laughs> and forth, trying to figure out the final <laughs> score. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I believe the final number was that uh, you get like. Uh, 14 to 18 on freemium and that's getting up to level 100 and um, it, if you pay it's, uh, 68 pieces of cosmetic items including colour uh, I think that was just armors as well not including colours or anything because a lot of the colours and everything is actually still locked behind being uh, paid most of the stuff you get for free on um, at the battle pass is mission swaps for your weekly challenges which give you XP towards the armor um, the battle pass or xp boosters to get more experience uh, for the battle pass <laughs> so for free you're just making progress for so that when you eventually do pay for it you unlock a lot of stuff right away so it sounds like this is one of those uh standard operation types of everyone's on the same battle pass but unless you pay money you get like half the rewards type deal or are there two separate battle passes no it's all the same battle pass it's, yeah, it's right. just it just like it feels like for free you're getting one fifth of the stuff that's on the battle yeah, pass. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, it's no deep rock galactic battle pass. And the stuff that you are getting is uh, to make it make the grinds less of a hassle. But at the same time, it's all cosmetic, and it's the first person games. You never actually see your character anyway. Um, I mean, you see I know, it in the I, intro I, and the outro. Yeah, I yeah, guess you see so. them in the intro and the outro, and I do like having a unique Spartan. I've always enjoyed the um the cosmetic side of Halo multiplayer as well. So um. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a bummer that all that stuff that I do enjoy is being locked behind paying it, uh, paying money every couple of months. Cool. So, uh, with that, obviously, this has been a discussion on what we've played so far for Halo Infinite. But again, as we've said a few times, but worth repeating again, this is still the beta. Um, some closing thoughts from you guys. What are we What are we thinking between now and I guess when we get the full release in what two, two, three weeks away? um we hoping for like tweaks as josh said or are we kind of happy mostly with where it is at the moment just just get some thoughts i'm happy with it uh mostly <laughs> thank you steve <laughs> yeah i'm <laughs> sorry go ahead sir monetization monetization schemes aside i'm fairly happy with where it is some things could use tweaking in terms of like um how certain uh weapons perform but generally i've had a pretty smooth time playing the game and it's been a lot of fun Cool, and Josh hates it, so we will... I'm kidding. No, do you have any closing thoughts, Josh? <laughs> I mean, I'm mostly just excited to play the campaign. That, that That's my big love for it, you know? I want to see John Halo on the big screen. Mm. Um, it is, it is but, nice uh, that you were playing it again before the pre-show, because uh, sitting in Discord with you yesterday, I distinctly remember you saying, that's it, I'm done with Halo Infinite, and I'm not playing the multiplayer again until the campaign <laughs> comes out. So, good that you reversed that decision. Um I mean, yeah, I, that was at the time where I just, I had so many bugs and everything that I was just losing my mind over it. It was just straw on the camel's back, but most of them seem to be resolved today. I don't know if there was server side updates or anything or if it was my PC, but they seem to be working. Um, I, I've only played the better part of 10 games, but it, it is quite fun. I think if you enjoy the Halo games from one to three, you'll really like it. Uh, Halo Reach probably is still kind of unique in, in its gameplay. Uh, but yeah, no, it's very good. Like probably a solid seven out of ten. Yeah, I come from a free and reach background, and I very much enjoy the game. So, uh, yeah, I, that's a, that's two thumbs up from me. Eight out of ten. Ooh. Yeah, Steve, I'd you want to go nine out of ten? 
Uh, yeah, right. Nine out of ten of the campaign. I'm loving it. Whoa, it's damn. Nine it's, out of ten. It's, it's still it's still in the the beta. The beta is fun. I've had very little um, netcode issues or lag or anything. So it's can't wait. I'm very keen. Will I get into the competitive esports scene? No. <laughs> Will any of us? No. no. <laughs> but at we'll the just, same time, we'll just oh, see well. who, who becomes the new couch king. <laughs> but at the same time, if you do get any more bugs, Josh, you can just get a some more teen out, and that'll be right. All right. <laughs> I, I just got to I just got to correct Sir Patrick. Uh, we're we're not a couch. We're a lounge. True. Ooh. True. Excellent. Oh, my mistake. I'm so sorry for everyone listening. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna have to go and self-flagellate over that one. But uh, self-flagellation aside, that does bring us to the end of the game section for this week. Uh, upcoming will be some news. We've got uh, fewer big pieces to talk about. Just a lot, lots of little bits. I think. Uh, why don't we start with you, Josh? Uh, apparently, the Voice of Cards OST is available now. Yeah, so the OST that I was just simping last week uh, is available digitally. You can get it. Um, I'm not actually sure exactly where you can get it, but knowing Square Enix, it'll be over the website. I doubt it's going to be on Spotify or anything like that, but um, it's available. It's an excellent soundtrack. If you do any kind of board games, highly recommend playing that in the backgrounds. Um, yeah, it's just a website you go to and you can hit download and it gives you 14 tracks. Even better. Like, they are excellent. I've been, I've been using YouTube for them just for various other bits and pieces while I've been working and stuff. Highly recommend. Um, the other sort of quick news item that was on my bucket list is League of Legends. Uh, they've released two new games. One of them is called Ruin King. It's an RPG that goes through a League of Legends story based around a few characters. The second one is Rhythm. Uh, it's a hextech. It's called Hextech Mayhem, and basically it's just a rhythm game where you go up, right, left, right. So, um, sorry, up, down, left, right, kind of thing. Uh, and yeah, they've announced two more games called Convergence and Song of Nunu, which I imagine probably is an RPG and another rhythm game, but they haven't really said too much details about it. And yeah, two available right now. Two available 2022. Does that tie in with the new Netflix show that just came out, or is it is it just League of Legends just doing a big push to get all content out there? I think Riot has said in the past that they, they want to become like a Blizzard where they have things touching everything. They, they want to become like their own sort of, uh, I don't really Ecosystem know how to say other than like a media franchise. Yeah, yeah I mean, they, they, they want to have their, their songs with the idol songs. They want to have their video, um, sorry, the, the, obviously video games, but they want to have their video platforms as well. So through the anime, through Netflix. And obviously now they're just trying to break into just other genres of games. So they're not just known as a Dota clone or you know a MOBA they just they are they're Riot and they're League of Legends probably also trying to detract from a few other bad media bits of attention they've been getting recently but we don't really need to go into that mm. yeah um if they, if they want to follow in Blizzard's footsteps that's a uh, that's a good way to start <laughs> but um I've also been hearing that um the RPG is pretty fun um I I haven't looked into it myself but I've heard some pretty good takeaways that it's a pretty decent game it looks quite good it really continues the league of legends like art style um so does all of the games that's really there like that sort of i don't really know how to describe it but very much like that that road 96 game actually where it's very much that you look at it and go that's an indie art style where it's sort of flat uh very um uh, colorful i guess is the, the way i'd describe it but um yeah that's i haven't played either of them so that's pretty much just it for the news for those. 
I love the uh, the idea that the small indie dev studio of Riot Games <laughs> producing the League of Legends games. Anyway, we shall move on. Seth, you want to tell us about uh, Dragon Ball? Yeah, so um, Dragon Ball: The Breakers uh, is a um is a game coming out in 2022. I thought it was called Dragon Ball Breakers. Yeah, no, it, it's it's called Dragon Ball the. So not breaking any Dragon Balls. Um, so sorry, I have to keep saying this. <laughs> breaking my Dragon Ball, Steve. Um, shut so up. <laughs> He's <laughs> <laughs> breaking my balls because he keeps interrupting me. But yeah, um, if uh, anyone that's familiar with Dragon Ball, there's a couple of episodes where um, Cell and Piccolo fight in this city that Cell's just gone through and eaten everyone in, like just gone and absorbed everyone to power himself up. So, um, copying some Dead by Daylight, uh, Dragon Ball is taking those couple of episodes and turning them into a game where you control Cell, and they've also announced Freezer and uh, Margin Buu will be in there as well, and uh, you're just this uh, lone uh, character hunting down seven other players in an asynchronous map, and the uh, the goal for the seven survivors seems to be that they need to find a time machine and jump out of uh, out of the map. And um, if any one of them survives, then uh, yeah, they they win as a collective group, while the villain has to try and hunt them all down and get stronger in the process. I'm not sure that that's exactly how it's going to work because De- Dead by Daylight basically, depending on your your points that you get while you're stopping the survivors from extracting and how many you take out, stuff like that, you can win as the villain even if people escape based on the point system. Uh, at least that's my understanding of it from when I was watching someone play it. So it might be very similar to that, but uh, it it could be. Um, it's, I I just know that the survivor's goal is to get into that time machine and hop out. Yeah. And there's um, they've got some abilities where you can inherit the abilities of Dragon Ball fighters to try and help the other survivors escape. So you can't just go like, let me take him on, sort of thing, and protect you. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, in- interesting premise. And the uh, Steam beta is going to be coming worldwide soon. So we could probably get our hands on it uh, within yeah. the year. No date yet, though. Yeah, no date. Just just announced for 2022. A Christmas present, perhaps. But something that will no longer be in 2022, Pragmata. Yeah, Pragmata got um delayed to 2023. This is a game that we don't really know a whole lot about. Um, Capcom uh, showed a trailer when the PS5 was announced. This is like their big next-gen push sort of game um and uh, yeah uh just out of the, out of the blue they've uh, said hey sorry we're b- delaying it a year uh, but here's some really gorgeous key art to go along with the um with the delay just to give something mm, we'll have to keep tabs on that one uh steve i'm sorry i didn't mean it uh you can speak now you want to tell us about saints Row being delayed yeah so unfortunately um, when Sancho was announced at this E3, I believe, and everybody sort of had mixed feelings about it because the Saints Row franchise is pretty rock solid and it was supposed to be a wacky, a weird wacky GTA sort of clone. And I really played it and I enjoyed it. So I'm really looking forward to the reboot. But it's been delayed, which is what we want to, which is what we want. We don't want games to be rushed out. We don't want games to come out like Cyberpunk 2077, even though that was delayed a fair bit so it's it's good it was delayed and i'm looking forward to it even whenever it releases in whatever form it's released in hopefully they just do as much as they can with it and they take their time no point rushing no point burning people out at both ends yeah this was another thing where they've just shown like a reveal trailer 
and then gone, hey, we need to delay it, but with current world issues, game delays is to be expected, and just giving that extra time in the oven is always... Uh, always I, I can't yeah. think of any game that has retained its original release strategy and turned out well. I think every time they've said that you need to push the game back, it's generally been for the game's benefit. Yeah, and we're definitely seeing the the latter half of COVID's impacts, like if you can't get people, especially creative people in a room to sort of hash out these type of things. We might sort of be seeing a lot more delays in this type of thing. Um, like we might just get to a bunch of news one week where it's just like, yeah, everything's been delayed, which would be great to catch up on your backlog. And then, But then as a, things take as long as they take. There's no point in rushing. I actually feel like um we've gone through the worst of it when it comes to game releases because of COVID because February and March looks pretty stacked next year. Obviously, developing games is a multi-year process though, so the effects that we saw a year and a half, two years ago could be playing into this as well. So hopefully yeah. we're through the, the thick of it though. Indeed. Uh, in terms of things that are in the thick of it at the moment though, I uh, want to briefly touch on um, Streamlabs <laughs> for uh, what they say is accidentally releasing uh, production text onto the website but for whatever reason looks an awful lot like uh, Lightstreams, one of their competitors on there. Uh, I think a good chunk of the internet is uh, discussing that at the moment but it's pretty shocking at not only how close the Streamlabs uh, website looks to Light. Uh, looks to light streams but also that uh obs has come out and said that they've tried repeatedly to get Streamlabs to take obs out of their name but only now amidst all this other controversy are they actually deciding to do that which i don't know i feel like they've they've dug a bit of their own grave and now they get to lie in it yeah um i feel like when obs came out uh, uh obs came out and said this they um they everyone just had a collective uh, uh, outroar of wait you mean you aren't the same company yeah exactly and uh i think what's also been interesting is that people have started digging up uh how um streamlabs has been working even before now and there was some interesting stuff thrown around there have been a few former employees that have come forward that said that uh they were told to basically do unethical business practices and that the people that didn't want to do the unethical business practices just kind of left the company uh, i've seen some uh statements about most of their marketing department being fired as of late 2018 so it just seems like an all-around shitty situation yeah um the news has already made the rounds and everyone is uninstalling streamlabs mass exodus everywhere that there is no saving face right now they've put out a statement and their statement is basically a non-apology going OPS is uh, OPS is our open software, and we're also open software. We should have been more, uh, more transparent, but yeah. oh well. Yeah, basically they're saying, hey, we didn't break any laws in this open source software situation, or by copying the the Lightstream website, um, or even the reviews that are pasted like word for word on yeah, some of these sites. That's oh, <laughs> I I love that they also just say, oh sorry, like test code accidentally made it into production. No, it didn't. <laughs> there's, there's, yeah, there's no, no way. way that they you change just, names and everything. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no way that you make it look that close and accidentally just leave it to upload. Like, oh man, for multiple years. <laughs> yeah, no, like there's, there's like incompetency and stupidity, and this is definitely a mixture of both. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what happens out of that. Uh, 
this is basically the end of the small news section. Uh, for the big news, uh, we originally had it in small news, but Seth wanted to make a big statement about it. Guilty Gear getting some DLC. You want to tell us about that? Yeah, so uh, at the end of uh, this month, uh, Happy Chaos is coming to uh, Guilty Gear's drive. Uh, this unfortunately pushes uh, uh, Elfelt away. Um, she'll probably not be in until season two. My my heart goes out to the dear friend of the podcast, Jake, over this because he wants his waifu. Um, yeah, so Happy Chaos was the main villain of the, the story mode for um, Guilty Gear Strife. So uh, he's just being put into the game now and he looks pretty fun. He's a gunslinger type character, which I've always enjoyed in these games. And there's a there's a couple of um animation flourishes for him that are really good. Like if he loses by timeout, he'll aim the gun up at the timer on the uh, UI and That's shoot it. Cool, yeah, it puts like like a crack mark on the screen. Very cool. Do you feel guilty that so, but that yeah, you a... that you're playing it? This close, Steve. <laughs> this close. So in other news, <laughs> the King of Fighters 15 beta is out. Uh, well, not not out, out. By the time you listen to this podcast, the beta will be over. <laughs> but at the time of recording, you can download it. Maybe that might grind people's gears if they won't oh be able to get God. to it in time. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, so yeah, um, that, that'll probably be the ma- my main topic of uh, talking next week, which w- will be trying out the King of Fighters 15 beta. Uh, it's available to download on PS4 and PS5. But again, by the time this comes out, uh, the beta will probably already be over. <laughs> Also, something that's going to be over by the time this podcast comes out, Call of Duty Vanguard's multiplayer is going to be free this weekend. I suspect it's because Halo Infinite just came out and is eating this lunch. <laughs> uh, do any of us... I, I'm never really a COD fan. Any of us plan on playing Vanguard? Nope. No. Uh, it's not Halo or Battlefield, so probably not. Yeah, I guess Vanguard, if if you enjoy, you know, learning to count with your fingers and toes, you might enjoy the Vanguard beta that, you know, as we said, you'll be, will be available next week. Um None of us will be playing it, but hey, you have fun. Yeah, um, on call on the topic of uh, Call of Duty Vanguard, though, like my girlfriend is a big Call of Duty fan, and even she's like, "Yeah, no, I'm not bothering with Vanguard this year. I saw it, and it doesn't look impressive." Well, that's it, right? Like, I don't mind Call of Duty games, but this one just looks bland. It doesn't look like it has anything that looks fun at all. And I mean, yeah, the the main draw of Call of Duty, like the other, like the Halo games was I liked playing the campaign and then going into multiplayer. So I just there's just no draw anymore, I don't think. They need to do something fresh. Yeah, uh, something I've heard is that like a big reason recent Call of Duty games have been selling well is because people that are sucked into the um, Battle Royale modes, um, they need to buy the new game to level up their weapons at a reasonable rate. That's horrendous. That like yeah, that, sounds like, that just sounds like a straight-up scam. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Well, leaving that where it is, uh, things that definitely could be scams, people trying to figure out where Tobey Maguire is from the latest Spider-Man trailer. Yeah, um, evidence seems to point towards uh, he's been scrubbed out of the trailer just to annoy people that want Tobey Maguire because the whole internet has been asking where's Tobey whenever he's not on screen. Do you reckon it's going to be emo Tobey from Spider-Man 3? Spider-Man 3? No, I think they're going to aim him more towards um how Peter Parker was at the beginning of um of uh, Spider Verse, the one that dies at the beginning of Spider Verse. How he's um oh the old fella. He's a bit uh, yeah yeah like he's he's been through the Raimi movies, but um he's uh, he's pretty confident and still up. I wouldn't mind Bully Maguire being like a cameo alongside regular Maguire though. 
it's just that music scene I mean, where he's dancing. Yeah, exactly. From like exactly. timelines, right? <laughs> so maybe there'll just be two of him, and one will just like dance aggressively at the <laughs> other one, just like Fortnite and Naruto. I'm gonna put dirt <laughs> in your eye. Um, do we want Andrew Garfield in there as well? Sandman is there, so dirt is very reasonable to do. <laughs> gonna cry. Uh, are, are people as interested in seeing uh, Andrew Garfield in there? Who? <laughs> I'm interested to see it because I I didn't like the Amazing Spider-Man films, but Andrew Garfield, like, as a person, seemed very excited to be playing Spider-Man and he was just given shit to work yeah, with. Yeah, he, he looked like he was 25 playing the 15-year-old. Like, he, he, he was always too big. Um, I did like Jamie Foxx's Electro. Fantastic. I was about to touch on that one, yeah. though. Yeah, Jamie Foxx's Electro was definitely a highlight of, that, of those films. Yeah, that was a... It's no Willem Dafoe, though. Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin is peak. <laughs> so good. Something well, of a scientist myself. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> How many of the memes are going to be in it? Oh, oh that's what I mean. We're going to see the Spider-Man pointing at each other meme, but like, updated. Oh, I've already oh, seen no. one of that where it's just pointing at the two scrubbed out Spider-Men. <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> oh, the internet cannot wait to sink their teeth into that. Oh, man. Things we can't wait to sink our teeth into, though. Sonic collab for Monster Hunter. Oh, yes. Tell us about that, Josh. I mean, the, we've already spoken about it, I think, in our pilot like test episode, but obviously that, that wouldn't have gone live. But um, yeah, they're releasing a Sonic collab for Monster Hunter. They finally released a trailer. Uh, your dog becomes Tails, which is awesome. <laughs> it looks so good. And we finally get to answer the question of which way does dog wear pants. <laughs> Um, and then you also get a, uh, a, 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 hey, look, I had to take the chance. Um, Sonic, uh, will become your cat, which is kind of cool. I think just as I predicted, yeah, I mean, I still stand by my statement of the pilot episode where basically, Hey, I really want to fight a giant Sonic and just like kill it for parts. But you know, this is good too. <laughs> um, I think also you, by the looks of it, at least from memory, you also unlock like Sonic looking gear for your hunter. Yeah. Is, yeah, uh, it's um, it's layered armor that's like a Sonic themed jacket and tracksuit pants. It looks to me like Pepsi Man equivalent of Sonic, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I sort of get what it's you mean. Super strange. Plus, I feel like yeah. I feel like that Sonic aesthetic is going to look really weird when it's part, when it's like combined with something like a great sword or just some large. Well, I mean, Sonic with a gun, even. I think is going to be... I mean, they showed it with dual blades, which makes sense because he's, like, running, like, with his arms back, like, Naruto running, like, what Sonic does and stuff, right? But, But, yeah, with a great sword, though. Yeah, either big (laughs) sword or just large gun. Cannot wait. Sonic just whipping out a gigantic hammer or just, like, playing the bagpipes. If it doesn't play the Green Hill, like, theme song, (laughs) when you play, like, his very particular bagpipe (laughs) things, uh, that would just be fucking incredible if it did. But if it doesn't, I'll be so disappointed. Every time you get hit, it makes that that sound. Some, uh... Oh, so good. Some little flourishes they've done for the um for the uh palico though that I really love is that it can roll into a ball as it's running forward, and it turns supersonic. Do we think that the uh, spirit button? Oh, it's not the spirit bugs. The uh, little power ups. Shoot, it's been a while since I played yeah, Rise. The, the, the cow. Oh, the, oh the, yeah. No, you're talking about the, just um, the little. Oh my god, I think they were called spirit bugs. I feel like the spirit bugs are the big ones. Anyway, the little the little ones that you, that you run around and collect, they're the ones that power up your health, um, stamina, and and uh, attack. Yeah, the, the permanent yeah, upgrades. Yeah, I well permanent for that. Yeah, hunt. I I because I it looked like it, they could almost be turned into gold rings based on that trailer. That would be so cool if you ran around collecting the little gold rings with power ups around the map. 
that would be excellent. I just hope it's not tied to a certain layered armor. Yeah, because, exactly. You know, as much as the gold rings would be awesome, I really don't want to run around as an, an overly lanky Sonic with a bow. <laughs> <laughs> did we did we have any idea when this uh, collab was going to happen? When we could actually see this in Rise? Because I don't remember seeing a date attached. Yeah. So it will be November 26th for the Switch, and then it will be available day one when it releases on Steam, which uh, I think was the 23rd of January, I think, if I remember correctly. It's been a, it's been a while since that came out, but... Yeah, it's it's fairly early in the year. Yeah, it's I know the beta is like the 13th, I think, of January, and then just after that is the actual full release, like two weeks later. So either way, it'll release day one on Steam, so look forward to that. Cool. Things that we don't look forward to. Uh, Activision Blizzard, still in the news, still going, but this time with a new slant on being a shit place to work. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'll cover this as well because I'm the one that sort of threw it in this uh, the document we used, but um, Activision Blizzard once again kind of ruining everything they're trying to repair. Uh, it's come out that the, the boss for uh, Vicarious Visions, Jen O'Neill, who was like promoted at some point, she uh, was working in this role for three months. Um, after the three months, she then resigns and she left this big happy statement saying like, oh, you know, I'm resigning because I'm hopeful for the future and everything they can accomplish. Um, just for them to like to for her to turn around later and say, actually, the reason I left was that I wasn't given like real opportunities. I wasn't being paid the same as my male counterpart who was heading up uh, something within Blizzard while she was heading up Vicarious Visions. So, like for this to come out at the same time as the the Bobby um, Bobby K, I don't remember how to pronounce his last name thing. Where Kotick. Co uh, what is it? Sorry. Kotick. I, I, I wasn't sure if that was how you pronounce it, but um, Kotick or Kotick, one of those. two. Yeah, one of those two. Basically, like he's been, <laughs> you know, people from Blizzard are walking out on mass. I think 150 just said, "Hey, you know, fire him because of all these allegations that he knew about this stuff for years, and that he threatened to kill an assistant." Like for them that to come out at the same sort of time really just kind of puts the nail in the coffin. There's, um, uh, I don't remember exactly what they call themselves, but there's like basically a league of shareholders as well which are also saying hey either fire bobby or stop him being paid for his volunteer thing he took for another five years on top of this so i think yeah apparently it was just something like six percent of the shareholders so yeah it's only six percent so or something actually i think it was 0 0.6 it was very low but it, it made it like it's enough of a statement that it's going to draw bad press and you know there's them saying that and then there's also how people will vote in these shareholder meetings so I think yeah. it's just not looking good for old Bobby. Actually, no. Just on just on that point, on that point, I have to make a a, a pun. Um, do you think there's like global warming? It'll cut the blizzards out. Okay, we can move on now. <laughs> no, thanks for listening. <sighs> oh no, I, I think we have to leave that in post. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Xbox twentieth anniversary stream. What do we all think? Who wants to cover this one? Underwhelming. Uh, it, it was 30 minutes of uh, Microsoft sucking their own dick. <laughs> I'm shook. Yeah, but what did you expect, though? That's ex like that's what it said on the tin. 20th anniversary special. What you what you think was going to happen? I think I, I, I was I definitely was hoping for more of a an Xbox Direct where they announced like a bunch of games that was sort of like oh it's coming soon, but they didn't. 
So the biggest takeaway I had from this is when they showed their documentary, they specifically showed a clip of someone going, if we don't have any games, we're dooms. And then they proceeded to show no games for the next 30 minutes. <laughs> I mean, so let, let's talk about what was showed first. Okay, so you know, just, just run through a few dot points and then we'll talk about the points. Um, obviously, Halo Infinite multiplayer was dropped for three weeks early. It's in beta. We've all been playing it except for Patrick. Uh, they announced a documentary called Power On, the story of Xbox, which is six episodes pretty much releasing everywhere except for Netflix. Uh, that's coming December 13th, nice. so a bit of a bit under a month. Um, yeah, that documentary is going to be about the story of Xbox starting up as a brand. Yeah, exactly. Basically talking about like the small team within Microsoft wanting to, wanting to do games and talking about where it can go. Um, they also announced 70... Uh, it was a bit over 70... Uh, new backwards compatible titles that are available now for the, the Series X and all the other Xboxes. So there was at least 20 original Xbox games in there and then the rest sort of vary between sort of 360 and, um, well, I guess they're just X360 actually. Yeah, that's that's actually very good and exciting news because, man, their backwards compatibility uh, initiative has been one of the highlights of the their last few years to me. Absolutely. And, um, um, and uh, uh, sorry, um... I lost my train of thought for a second. No, that's all good. Let's uh, uh, before we sort of dig into that because that that is a big point. I want to talk about how they've also announced uh, FPS boost for thirty-seven new titles total, eleven of which were announced that day. Twenty-six were already just previously added backwards compatibility titles. Um, that on that list is Sonic Unleashed, baby. Sonic Sixty Unleashed. FPS finally. <laughs> yeah, and and Sonic Evolutions, and I I ended up buying Sonic Unleashed to, to play it today, and the FPS boost works great. <laughs> Highly recommend. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, I believe it's 4K 60 on uh, Series X. Mm-hmm. It is, and auto HDR yeah, as well. The chef's like, kiss uh, Sonic and that's games. the case. <laughs> Sonic Unleashed is actually art. I I love that game. It's a it's a half half a terrible game because it's bad God of War, but the other half of it is mwah, perfect art. I, it's such a good game, and it's the last time Sonic Team was ever ambitious making Sonic. I don't Sonic. know. I'll probably talk about that one a lot more next week. So let's, let's sort of get through the news, and we'll, we'll go back to Sonic next week because you'll probably play it as well at some point, Seth. But um, yeah, I mean, going back to the twentieth anniversary stream in general. Obviously, the, the big part of that news was the Halo Infinite multiplayer being dropped, uh, as well as the 70 new backwards compatible titles. Um, and then I guess the documentary is more of a side point, but that, that is kind of cool. I mean, S- Stephen was saying, like, you know, I wish they announced more games, um, which I kind of agree. Like, there was no in- news about Fable or anything else. Not really any news, I don't think, at all about the, the campaign for Halo. Really just kind of like, hey, here's everything we've done here's 20 years of history and here they are in game form we're releasing them on backwards compatibility today so yeah it would have been nice if like in the last five minutes or so they go and here's what to look forward to the future of xbox sort of segment where they show like at least a sizzle reel of uh, their upcoming uh, games that they're making like show a little bit more of fable or uh forza or something I mean, yeah, like I, I agree to an extent, but they were really taking a retrospective view at it, and they were. Yeah, they. It wasn't a particularly long stream either. I think it was like half an hour. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it was thirty minutes. Yeah, like like I said, thirty minutes of Microsoft sucking their own dick. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. What What was your thoughts, Steve? I enjoyed it. Um, it wasn't what I wanted, but it was something that was like, I'm sort of glad that it happened type of thing like I, 
I'm disappointed they didn't announce anything, but then at the same time, looking back, why would they have announced anything? Like, they're doing that documentary on the whole history of Xbox, which should be good. I'm looking forward to that. They dropped the infinite multiplayer early. That's pretty good, pretty hype. And they've announced all the, the, the last amount of backwards compatible games. And we should probably say that those are the last ones that they said they're going to bring up, which is a shame because yeah. there's a bunch of... That's the thing I wanted to bring up and lost my yeah, over. It is. This is the last time they're adding yeah. anything. They did come out, though, and say that like this is the last that they're bringing due to licensing conflicts or for just... You know that game is just broken and won't run. They they can't get it to run stable enough to justify adding auto HDR, 4K, all this other bits and pieces, yeah. right? But it'd, it'd so. be it'd be interesting to see how much of those those conversations actually go on. That it's like, oh, don't backwards, don't do your backwards compatibility magic. We're planning something for this game, aka like a like a Dead Space reboot or the Mass Effect um remark, like the Mass Effect Legendary Edition or even the the Grand Theft Auto trilogy it's sort of be interesting to see what's going on and i wonder how much of that influence does make on those decisions but then at the same time realistically we're never going to know those conversations in 20 years in the future and and when the xbox 40th year and they're doing another documentary and then we get to watch this and have the same conversation again when we're on episode 5 million I mean, interestingly enough, Mass Effect 3 was in that list somewhere. Um, I don't think it was one of the backwards compatibility announced titles, but it was either one of the FPS boost ones um, or so, so one of the, they, they, what was the other feature. Um, FPS boost and something else. It was, it was on the list somewhere for that, and I just remember looking at that and going, oh, I'm kind of surprised they're not pushing people towards Legendary Edition. And then there was games for... Um, that just got announced sort of the first time playable on Xbox as well, which were, I think, that the full Max Payne series is now available and the full Fear series. So it's cool that they're, like, they're really trying to think about things and bring it as a whole as well rather than just ad hoc games. Like, it seems like they made an educated choice to go, okay, well, if we can't get one game out of a series because of, like, music licensing in the game or something, then, hey, we'll just release... Yeah, we, we won't release any of that game or we'll work on something better. We'll bring a whole series towards the, the Xbox. So I'm pretty happy with how they've done it. It is pretty good. Yeah, um, I, I don't really have any complaints about the backwards compatibility thing because, again, it's like, what can they do? It's licensing and things like that. So there's there's no real way to do anything unless it's just throw piles of money at the problem, which Microsoft could do if they wanted to. But I'm also not going to uh, begrudge them for not doing it. Yeah, and like, you know, at this point, when now that they've added another 70, there are hundreds of titles that are available that people would have never got to play if they went the route of, like, Sony. So I'm really happy yeah, that exactly. they did Yeah, exactly. I was about to touch on that in, like, they're doing way more for backwards compatibility than Sony currently Yeah, it, it, it also Nintendo. seems that... Thank you. It also seems that Xbox is just... Oh, I hate to be that guy because I've got the Series X and I've also got shares in Microsoft as well, so I've got a vested interest in their ongoing success. Then I'll been an X-Bro since the original Xbox Huge back in the 2000s. But it just seems like they're being more consumer-friendly. Like, Games Pass is a fantastic deal. That You're getting day one things like in the vein of like Halos and Age of Empires 4. They're bringing out streaming services to the point where it like, this time next year, you might not even need an Xbox Series X. You just stream things, depending on your internet connection, of course, in Australia. Straight that... to the Chromecast, maybe. Yeah. So I, I don't want to be completely cynical about this. Like, it, it's great that they're being more consumer friendly, but it's also on the point of they gotta be um they gotta be more consumer friendly because they would have just died if it wasn't for the um 
how they marketed the original Xbox One and being very anti anti consumer friendly on that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was yeah, that always online thing that literally sunk, sunk them um, in 2013. And I mean, at, yeah. at the same time, though, every other console is going to be always online at some point that's not handheld because that's just the way the future is going to yeah, be. But it, but, yeah, um, but they called it too early yeah. and people weren't ready for it. Uh, yeah, but and removing the disc yeah, I wouldn't have been able one. to use it at the time. Yeah, well, Australian internet, no one would have been able to use but, it. <laughs> but um, just just to cap off this uh, Xbox 20th anniversary stream, uh, I'd also like to point out that they spent about five minutes uh, having The Rock on stage chilling his new movie with Ryan Reynolds and I Gal Gadot. There's not a whole lot to say on that, but I'm sure that Chris Pratt is in that movie somewhere. Hopefully he's... Thanks, Seth, I hate it. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Hopefully he's doing the voice of um, The Rock. The voice of The Rock? I was just about to say that. <laughs> Uh, Chris Pratt being like, can you smell what The Rock is cooking would be the worst experience of my life. Whoa. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. And the final ticket on today's big news list, we have the Game Award nominations up, finally. Uh, what are people's thoughts on that? We'll just do a quick taster. We're not going to spend hours poking through each category. People can go and make their own minds off on that. But any standouts for you guys? Yeah, so um, just on Game of the Year itself, I think it'll be worth pointing out what games are actually on the Game of the Year list. So we have Deathloot by uh, Arcane Studios and Bethesda. Uh, it Takes Two by Hazelight Studios and published by EA. Metroid Dread by Mercury Steam and Nintendo. Psychonauts 2 by Double Fine and Xbox. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart by Insomniac and Sony. And Resident Evil Village by Capcom. I've only played one of those games this year. And would that yeah. be your Game of the Year pick? Uh, I, I honestly, I'm not too comfortable saying that because um, I'd like to play Ratchet and Resident Evil Village. I'm sure they could take the lead from Metroid Dread, but Metroid Dread is an actual fantastic game as well. So it definitely deserves to be in the uh, talk for Game of the Year. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't played any of them. I played a couple of the other ones in the different categories, but I thought you would have tried Psychonauts too, since it's uh, on Game Pass. Oh, I so because I'm me and I'm the way that I am, I can't play the second part of a game without playing the first one. Fair. Is, um, is the first one not on Game Pass as well? No, it is. I oh, just haven't okay. got around to it. Um, yeah. So it's one of the things. It's on the backlog. It's on the the play later list or at the the, the play later list, whatever it's called on, on Game Pass. And every now and then I'll scroll scroll through it and I'm like, well, I'm really overwhelmed. And I'll just go back to playing Pokemon or something that I've already played. I'm waiting for retirement, then I can finally get through them all. Can we take a moment to uh, pay respects to Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl being in the category for best fighting, knowing that it's probably not going to win? Nah, no way. It's basically dead at this point as well. Yeah. <laughs> that That's that's handily going to yeah. be a strike. Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> you reckon? I mean, I hope so, but Melty Blood, though? Yeah, so I, I mean, would, there's a yeah. few really good fighting games in there. Um... Uh, for for like game of year very specifically, I, I wouldn't mind touching on that as well. Um, I played a little bit of Village. It was very good. I watched like pretty much the entire game through a, a friend's based streaming it through Discord while I was playing other games. And you know, art and like I don't want to say story wise, but just atmosphere wise, it was a very 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 good game. Um, so I think that's excellent. But I think Metroid Dread does the exact same thing. And it's Metroid that people have been waiting for for so long that I think Metroid will probably like pull it like prediction wise. I think there's a lot of games in there that are, that are well deserved, including surprisingly uh, EA. It takes two. Like that's a game that I really want to play and has been highly recommended to me by a lot of people. So I yeah, that's something I would like to uh, play at. It's some on Game Pass, isn't it? So, Josh, let's go. 
it, it is now yeah so yeah I mean, let's play it i mean I'm, I'm down but it's uh you know I, i've i've seen enough of the game that it's it's definitely unique to something that ea has actually dipped their finger in so i'm really surprised and really pleased that it's actually in there to encourage ea to actually make some more good games and not just chill out another you know remake or just further a series that is already dead <laughs> i'd like to take a moment to give a shout out to best score in music and how uh, voice of cards got absolutely denied they on this did. but at least near replicant is there so near replicant got my vote near replicant also also got my vote um but yeah voice of cards not being in there and the worst insult to injury is that there's six slots and there's only five games just add it in <laughs> i'm very surprised that cyberpunk's in that best score in music like i didn't think we'd see it at all judging i'm surprised it's in the game awards yeah, yeah. but like uh, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is there, since a big part of that is licensed music and best score. I think should be original, uh, relegated yeah. to original soundtracks. I agree. But at the yeah. same time, maybe it's how it's used as well. Uh, but I haven't played. Yeah, I don't have any of us played the the new Guardians of the Galaxy game. I've heard really good things. No, but I've heard it's actually yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I've heard too. Yeah, so maybe it's how it uses it or something. Um, well, I mean, it's Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. Like, what its music is one of its main draws. Yeah, especially that whole 80s music. Well, probably might be into the 90s music now because he's, what, like, what, 25? So. Uh, yes, Um. so last last thing I think I'll bring up is that um, is everyone excited for Elden Ring to win most anticipated <laughs> game for a third year yeah. running? <laughs> I think Starfield will win. That's what I've heard. The I've amount of the... Yeah. 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 <laughs> they came out... <laughs> I enjoyed enjoyed that the second year in a row uh, the Breath of the Wild sequel the sequel yeah the sequel to the Legend of the the Wild (laughs) Um, cool well I mean I I guess if anyone doesn't have anything more to say about Game Awards we can probably wrap this up yeah I I don't think we're going to be touching on anything more obviously we'll probably end up covering that a bit more once we figure out you know who wins and, and who loses anyway but I guess that brings us to the end of episode three uh should we do a quick lightning round the lounge see what we have in store for next week pokemon pokemon shining diamond it's out we got two hours boys thank <laughs> god gen 4 we're coming home <laughs> all right so that do covers you Steve. me or should we break it with seth <laughs> i am not making another midnight run to do a final fantasy 14 event in the last hour today so um uh, I'm all up in the air. Uh, I'll probably play more Halo, but I won't talk about it again because I feel like we covered it pretty extensively. So, and there's not going to be any major developments on that until the yeah, single player comes out. Yeah, at which point out. we'll be talking about the single player a lot anyway. Uh, Josh, what about you? Pokemon. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna play I Pokemon need to match, literally need to match all week. Enthusiasm for that one. Oh man, I I will literally be playing Pokemon all week, and then uh, didn't add it to the news, but we should probably mention it just on the sly. Uh, the Minecraft update comes out on the 30th, so depending if there's some for some reason it's lay on this, also Minecraft. <laughs> Fantastic. And All right. The 30th is 12 days away. That'll be two podcasts How old are you, big away. fella? It Can should I see be, some ID? but you never know. <laughs> Can I see some ID, big fella? Pokemon in Minecraft. That's like the... <laughs> I'm five at heart. <laughs> we'll go get him a bowl of Fruit Loops. Also at height. <laughs> nice and i will likely be continuing with road 96 and maybe touching the rift breaker which has been in my backlog for a while but might actually play a bit for next week's show 
All right, looking forward to hearing more Forza Horizon 5 from you, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure if I have something to say, I will find a way to slot it into next week's show as well. You've been listening to the Fast Travel Lounge. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.